It's on. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. It's cracking, brother. All good, bro. All good. All good. Excited for today. It's going to be, going to be a fun, fun episode. 100%, man. 100%. We've got another guest for episode 13. We are super excited, super psyched to announce her. We're going to go straight into it. So uh, shall we do it? Shall we do it? Let's do it, man. Let's do it. Quick finger draw. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we have uh, Grace Stilgo joining us today. So Grace is a nearly qualified actuary by day and a Team GB powerlifter by night. So she's been powerlifting just over three years and training for around seven. Her powerlifting achievements include, wait for it, bronze medalist at the British Championships in 2018, two-time silver medalist at the English Championships in 2018 and 2019, gold medalist in the under 63 kilo weight class at the Western Europeans 2019, and the bronze across all weight classes. Not just that, best female lifter at the Home Nations in 2019, silver medalist at the British Championships in 2020, and if it wasn't for COVID, she would have competed at the World Championships last month in Belarus. Damn. So, damn. Damn. So damn. without further ado, welcome, Grace Stilgo. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> that was quite an intro. Um, no one's ever read out all of them things in a list before. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> mighty impressive grace that is that's a pretty, uh, pretty extensive list of achievements uh thanks awesome awesome you know, you know, space of three cool. years right yeah yeah, that, that's the yeah key. Three years. we're gonna get to how that happened but <laughs> what are you gonna yeah, say sure. definitely yeah I was, I was gonna say like how did you pack all that into three years that's nuts that's crazy i don't yeah. know yeah, I never really well, uh, meant to. It just kind of happened. But we can, yeah, we can talk about that. Love it, love it. Right. That's, uh, I feel like I reckon a good place to start then is um, getting to know you a little bit. Like, you know, what was life like growing up? Why did you choose actuary? How does powerlifting fit into all of this? Go. Yeah, okay. So <laughs> yeah. I'll start with why I chose actuarial because that was like before, like way before any kind of lifting or anything. Um. So at school, I was just really good at maths and science, um, loved science and still do, but was good at maths and thought, you know, this is an easier way to make money. So, you know, I come from like quite a working class background where the focus was really when, when you were considering what you wanted to do when you grew up, it was just about how you're going to make money. There wasn't really any consideration for like, what do you really want to do or what is your passion or what are you interested in? It was, you need you need to get a good job so that you can make money. And that's why yeah. I chose actuarial. Um, and yeah, it serves that purpose and it's challenging, um, but it's not really a passion if you mm. in. What is it, Grace? Like, I didn't even know it existed as a thing until Grinda mentioned you were, you were one. And I was like, Sorry. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm gonna try and like not bore you and the listeners with it. Um, just tell me, just tell us. Yeah, we we want to know everything. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's like the area that I work in is general insurance. Um so 
that is like anything that's not life insurance or pensions is referred to as general insurance. So everything else. Um, my work is London market work, which is mostly like not personal lines. So not house and car insurance, but more like factories, commercial properties, aviation, marine, energy, like big risks. Mm. And the area that I work in is reserving as well. So it's basically determining how much money insurers need to set aside to pay their future claims. And then wow. that goes through into the accounts. So there's quite a bit of crossover with accounting as well. Um, mm. all different areas that actuaries can work in. That's just my... Yeah, cool. what, is it, what is it about it that makes you, makes you excited to do that job? Like, I know you said it's not a passion, but like, what is it that keeps you taking, taking over with it? It's... It's the mental challenges. Mm. Um, it's it's really um, boring, especially like the job that I've just left this week um, was in a consultancy. So mm. like very busy, a bit too busy actually. Um, mm. But yeah, there was just always something new. So it's, it's good to keep yourself like learning and developing. Mm. Um, and it definitely achieves that. Yeah, cool. It keeps the brain firing. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's good That's for that. Really and it can, it can make you feel quite accomplished as well, you know? Like mm. when you're presented with a difficult problem and you manage to work it out and it's quite a nice a nice feeling. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was about, just about to say that. Like you know, having to preempt problems before they even arise and then figure out, I'm sure it's like figuring out probabilities and figuring out, like you said, risks and stuff. That's, yeah. that's, there's a lot that goes into that. It's like almost like you're uh, you're just you're having to problem solve on a very grand scale with a lot of different moving parts, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then you've got like every client is different and every insurance product is different. So there is quite a lot of variety in there as well. So mm. always, always thinking, which is nice. I like it. Does, does that random question, does, does that cross over into your daily life? Like, do you feel that you're on the ball all the time as a result of being this as a, as a, yeah, yeah. I bet, right? I can I get Absolutely. That and sometimes it's a bit much. Yeah. <laughs> like, for example, when it's too much because like, I'm quite an anxious person as well. So the two combined, it's like, I don't know if I'm good at my job because I overanalyze everything or yeah. I analyze everything because of my job. Like, I don't know which came yeah. first. Um, <laughs> But I do like question everything, overanalyze everything, think about things a lot. Um, that's just. I think I think it's you, man. I think it's you. I think you, you came first, and you were like, "I can do this. I'm good at this. Yeah, watch, me, watch me do it. Watch me do it. Yes. Hold my bottle. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> even came into it as well. Now it's definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, like when this whole Corona thing kicked off, I made a spreadsheet projecting. Like, <laughs> couldn't help. It. I was like, oh my God, like, I need to know what's going to happen, and I don't believe the numbers. And I'm like, so I had like, <laughs> I kept it up for a while, and then it just got too like too depressing. And I was like, no, nah, I don't like this anymore. But I had like um, a column of confirmed cases and a column of deaths. And then I had like my projection versus the actuals <laughs> is something that we do at work like all the time like yeah, yeah. projection um it's like it's not 
healthy though. I shouldn't be doing that, really. <laughs> we need people like you, Grace. I swear, we need people like you. You know, people like me offset people like you. I swear, because like, if there's, a, if there's a spectrum, I'm way off this end, and you're definitely yeah. way on this end. Because like, yeah. what I've ever been told in my entire life is like, I'm just. I don't know whether it's at work or I'm just properly laid back with with not laid, not too laid back, but mm. I'm not that. Um, it's different. It's different. Like I mean, yeah. there is there is certain parts of thing of certain parts of, of of work and whatever that I'm definitely that in with. But yeah, the way you're describing it, it's you. It's like kind of your way is is that. That's really cool. That's really interesting. I, like I said, I people like me definitely need people like you on the opposite end to offset. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's really yeah. Mm -hmm. we need to right? <laughs> talk. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I was going to say is that how did your I want to know how your projections care compared to what the actual projections were. So they were pretty spot on before mm. lockdown, and this is why I was panicking. Like, mm. so I basically went into lockdown like a week before. Lockdown oh, yeah. Yeah, because same. I was like, nah, this is getting out of hand. Like, I can't, <laughs> I can't be with this. Like, it's just getting crazy. Yeah. Um, I said to work, like, I don't want to get on public transport anymore. I just want to work from home because getting nuts. Um, and they, and obviously everyone at work as well is kind of like, they know how numbers work too. So they were like, like no one really objected to that. Yeah, cool. Um, but then like my, my sheet was using the assumption that like the government wouldn't do anything because they weren't at that time. They were still talking about herd immunity and stuff. And I was like, wow, this is going <laughs> to go mad. Yeah. Um, obviously, when they introduced the lockdown, then that that changed everything because the numbers yeah. ticking on like they were. Yeah, OK. That's mad. You're like you're like you're like the person in, in the start of like uh, the day after tomorrow and he's like on the yeah. computer, computer he's like, oh, this is not like anything we've ever seen before that's you that's you you're that person who blows the whistle and saves the world this is why you're necessary grace this is why we need people like you needed me he needed huh? me it should have been listening to people like us being wasn't right. <laughs> right. uh, now you're still not listening because the gyms are all still bloody closed yeah yeah so what do you do yeah. you go build your own that's what you ended up doing right grace yeah <laughs> <laughs> I had I had my own since December actually, which was so fortunate. Yeah. So so lucky. That's so cool. Home gym. Yeah. Have you have you ever had a home gym, Grinda? Man, my home gym is like a couple of bands and a sixteen kilo kettlebell right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. And yeah. and my bed to do Bulgarian split squats off of. Love it. Love it. Just, it. just just bench dips like that. Just bagging about all day long. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. It's like, what can I do? What can I do? All right, I'll figure this out, and that's it. That's as good as it gets. Wicked, wicked. Yeah. Actually, having said that, no, that's a lie as well. When we were like 18, 19, 20, we had a bench <clears throat> and some weights. Probably went up to about yeah, I think they went up to one hundred and five kilos. Because I remember because one of my mates came over, he just cleared the whole thing, and then oh. <laughs> and I was like, oh wow, okay, I didn't know we could do that when we were eighteen. <laughs> <laughs> And then, uh, yeah, that was it. Yeah, that's why I remember now. Actually, yeah, now that you bring that up, but that was yeah, that was it. So that was those are the days of, like bench and buys, bench and buys, right? For like a yeah. straight sub. Bench and buys and carbs for you, right? That was that was that was your thing. <laughs> yeah, that was it. It was carbs, actually, a lot of fat as well. No, 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 from carbs, like, carbs, 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 carbs. Like, uh, <laughs> your carbs. Yeah. 
said carbs. <laughs> yeah, I thought you said carbs. I was like, yeah, that actually, to be fair, man, it was a lot of all of that shit. <laughs> it's just, I was like a skinny kid, so I just wanted to tank up in two years and put on like 16 kilos or something stupid. But uh, yeah, yeah. Usually, like, Grace, if you knew me when I was like 15, I was like 60 kilos, 50, 59 kilos or something. Oh, wow. And then I went up to about. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like, yeah, I wouldn't be at the under 63s, no way. And then, what, um, what, so, do you, Greg, Grace, what, what do you weigh? What so, do you right now, <laughs> I can that is definitely not what I weigh right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is fine because who knows when we're competing again. So. Yeah, sorry. Do you go through a big weight cut when you compete or do you stay roughly close? I normally sit, well, over the last three years, my off-season weight has crept up. Um, so when I first started competing, I didn't even have to cut to be 63. Wow. For the last year or so, I've been sitting at about 66, which is fine. It takes me like three to four weeks to get down to 63. And that's like nothing crazy. That's, you know, I can still eat and drink as normal the day before a comp so not a big nice. deal right now i'm sitting at like 67 to 68 depending on the day yeah. um, i've never been this heavy before but i've never been this strong either so it's fine down games yes love it love it that's that's yeah usually find that well from my experience with training weight weight makes you move weight you know i mean like mass moves mass yeah. So yeah, for sure, for sure, you definitely feel and and, and that. Have you? I suppose you're just getting to the powerlifting thing now, right? Um, mm -hmm. In terms, in terms of where, why, why powerlifting? In terms, you've explained, explained kind of actuary a little bit. You've explained the work. Um, link it, link it back in, link it back in for us. So like, you're you're an actuary. You're working. Um, how does that translate into us eventually picking a barbell up? Yeah. Well. I think I'll start from like when I started working because I think there's some things in my childhood that probably impacted it as well. But, um, from when I started working, I guess, you know, I work in the city in insurance and the culture is, it has changed actually over the 10 years that I've been working there. But when I first started, it was very much a like pub lunch kind of culture. Mm. Um, people like, drank every lunchtime, drank after work, all of the kind of um, like meetings between um, like us and external people were at the pub. Um, and I started working, I put on like quite a bit of weight quite quickly. And I just felt like, I just didn't feel good. And I was so young, like 22, 23. Um, and I was like getting sick quite often and feeling run down and sluggish and just not feeling good about myself. And I thought, mm, this is not like how I should be feeling. Um, and also like, my dad has always been very into sports. Um, so he played rugby until he was like 55 or something. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. So there's been quite a sporty background. Um. And I was always encouraged to do sports as a kid as well. Um, and I think I just thought, you know what, I think that's what I'm missing from, from my life. Um, there were some personal things that happened 
that were quite tough that were the sort of catalyst for me actually getting back um being active and, and getting into the gym um so yeah just started with running spinning um and then I saw like all the boys in the weight room and I thought you know I grew up with um two brothers and uh, around a rugby club sort of environment as well so I was a bit of a tomboy growing up and I thought, yeah they're doing that it looks fun I want to do it um so I just started like messing around with weights um but it actually took like another three or four years before I got into powerlifting um and That's that really cool. was like a whole a whole other journey like mm, mm. <laughs> the sort of like the experimentation with weights kind of took me down a path of like some very unhealthy habits um so I competed in a bikini competition in two bikini competitions um which was like a terrible unhealthy period of my life I wouldn't recommend it to anybody um it kind of exacerbated a lot of body image issues that I already had um and it took me like quite a while to recover from that. And powerlifting was the thing that really like lifted me out of that. Um, Amazing. Mm. It just switched my focus from being as small as possible and being as lean as possible to just like getting stronger. Um, I love that. I love that. There's 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 so there's so much there. Um, there's a, there's a lot to yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like the first thing that comes to mind. I don't, I don't know about yourself, G, but um, like this is a thing that I remember hearing about in school. Is like secondary school, and um, we'd be like in PE class, and everyone would be like, "Oh, when you, when you, when you come out of secondary school, usually studies take over, and you don't play any more sports, and you don't do anything kind of, you don't actively go and play a sports, uh, sports." Um, just play a sport and then you get into work and it just kind of spirals from there but it sounds like you got into the workplace and realized that you wanted to go back and actually find more of an activity more of an active thing right that, that that's really different yeah yeah i i think it must be something in my childhood that made me think that way like some of my best childhood memories are around sports or like out, outdoor activities and i think that's something that i was just really missing when I started working um so like my my favorite family holiday memories are like being outside um at the seaside or the countryside like um like playing in the sea I don't know just little things like love running it, around love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boisterous, um you know and then I went horse riding as well when I was young so I'd be there every weekend outdoors like working we used to like volunteer mm. and then we'd get to ride the horses for free because we've been volunteering so it's a lot of like manual work um like mucking out carrying yeah. like buckets and water buckets that's um, cool man hay bales yeah <laughs> yeah, that, uh, yeah. Um, you working out when you're a kid <laughs> it was it really was yeah <laughs> um and then like other days we'd, we'd be at the rugby club like running around whilst our parents were drinking at the bar or whatever mm. And it was just something that I thought, yeah, this is what is missing. Like, I'm just waking up, mm. um, getting on a train, which is a horrible way to start your day. Like, it's so stressful. I'm not missing that at all. Um, yeah. yeah, like sitting down at a desk all day. And then if I want a release, 
everyone that I know is just doing the same things, just going to the pub or, or going for the bar. And it's just like, yeah. oh, when you kind of look around you at people that are like 10, 15 years older and you think, I really don't want that to be me. Like, I don't want to be just beyond <laughs> like, yeah. help, basically. Like, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. big because I don't think a lot of people see that, right? You just look at people like 10, 15 years later down the road. You're not necessarily thinking that's oh, going to be you because a lot of times we're, like, we just get the impression. It's like, oh, no, that's them. That's not going to be me. It's like, no, no, you're just following the same path. You actually had the foresight to go, oh, shit, I'm doing the same thing as them. I could end up like that. Nah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to yeah. change route. Yeah. I mean, you would, right? There's yeah. nothing special about about me. That would be that would be me. Um mm. Mm. Yeah. That's, a, that's a really realist way of looking at things and just seeing seeing the subtext and being like oh shit this is this is now my life like do i want this life entirely Nah, that's really cool that's really cool yeah. that's really legit and i think there's a lot of people who like for instance so great gorinda you know this like the, remember, remember the pub on the corner of um your your place zealand house fox and hound yeah, 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 and um, well, you, you're still there, right? Are you still at that same gym? Oh, yeah, not, yeah, <laughs> not, not right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 I, well, I was, get there anymore, yeah. <laughs> when I was at City, when I was at working for UP, um, that corner would just be rammed 24 7. I remember, I remember yeah. working through summer and um, just seeing people like, at lunchtime, like you're saying, gross, and then like similar people were at uh, in the evenings, and you just think, like this is definitely not where I want to be. Like, I remember like kind of going to get into work in the morning and I'd always try and train before work and then leaving like 7, 8 PM and like people would just be crowded the streets and you think, okay, maybe like once in a while, but it's the same faces you see every single day. And it's like, yeah. that's, that's rough. That's rough. Yeah. I mean, when it's once in a while, it's great fun. Yeah. But yeah. the thing that's fun about it is that it's once in a while. So it's, it's like an occasion or, mm -hmm. A special treat it's like okay i'm i'm gonna do this tonight and it's gonna be great yeah. but for it to just be every day like I, I know the way that it it makes you feel and considering that i felt that way at like 21 22 mm. like god knows how i would feel now at 30 if i was still living like yeah. that it would be insane i can't imagine exactly because yeah it's like you know everybody hits 30 and goes Oh, you know what? It's because I'm 30 that I feel like I'm breaking down. Yeah, it's not. No, it's bullshit. It's like uh, that's, you, you're you're going to be a living example of that as well. Because mm. in and like you know, I'm 34 now, but I, f I feel way better than I did when I was 21. Is yeah, I, I know that as well. I can know that by looking at the body that I had at 21 as well and comparing it to what I've got now. And yeah, um, it's like uh, my bro says you're Benjamin Buttoning, bro. <laughs> I'm like, I'll take. That. I'll do that. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. I feel better now than I did ten years ago, and mm. I'm sure that a lot of people that train would probably say the same thing. Um, and I don't know if anyone that doesn't train would say the same thing. Yeah, mm. that's good. Yeah, mm. yeah, if you do, you probably just overtrained oh. and broken down. But yeah, it's not yeah. about it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> just like take it to the nth end, end, end degree um yeah. But yeah and that's that's exactly how people kind of do things as well and i think you touched on it a little bit as well with the with getting on stage 
was that your first like exposure to, to training was it like oh you went to the gym and then what led you from what led you to going to the gym to getting on stage mm, so that's interesting so i was bullied at school um like a lot of people called me fat and like guys and so I was saying to my friend the other day, actually, like thunder thighs are so in fashion right now, and I used to hate them because they used to pick on me at school, but now they're just like giving me a massive squat, and I love it. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> I used to get picked on quite a lot, and I wasn't, you know, to look at pictures of me as a child, I actually wasn't a very large child, so I don't know why that happened, but it did, and it really impacted um, the way that I viewed my body, and I literally could not shake it off. So. Um, I remember when I was 13, I got really sick. I had glandular fever. Oh, wow. And I think I weighed about six and a half stone. But I was, like, I've been this height since I was 13. So I should not have been. How tall are you? 5'2". <laughs> <Five> nice. <laughs> so, like, 5'2 and a half, maybe. <laughs> reach it, reach yeah. it, yeah. <laughs> I, I should have weighed, like nine you know eight to nine stone and I weighed like six and a half I was tiny um and I remember going back to school and I was off for like two months and everybody saying oh you look so good because I literally like I was so skinny that my mum saw me taking a bath and she cried because I was that skinny like it was ridiculous. um but that was good this was in like the size zero fashion days you know and that was like, oh, Grace looks wicked, even though I was eating like a slice of toast and an apple a day. Like, nah. and you're was, 13, thinking about this stuff. And thinking about this, yeah, because like we're fed these like really toxic images from, I don't know, I remember feeling fat at age like nine or 10, like being mm. in costume and feeling self conscious because we see it all around us. Like, mm. if your parents don't actually buy you certain magazines you you see them on the shelves you see them even in like national newspapers you know it's just everywhere mm. uh, and god knows what it's like for girls now that we have mm. social media i can't imagine yeah um, but yes yeah, so i always had this kind of like a bit of a complex about my body i guess um mm. and then when i started training and i started seeing certain changes happening to my body like at first training was a really healthy thing for me um like my aim at first was sort of like i'd sign up for 5ks and 10ks and like tough mudder type events and they were like really fun mm. and i started to see body changes and i started to get compliments from people and it started to kind of spiral into this like how far can i take here mm. um and i kind of you know, I had quite a bad experience with an ex-partner at the time um, who would make comments about my body as well. And I kind of thought, well, like everybody glorifies in, well, in the fitness industry, glorifies these like fitness models. Like if I can be like that, then no one can say anything. You know, right. like, if I set, you know, I know what I'm like with a goal as well. If I if I set a goal, I'm going to do it. So I, I like booked a date and said, I'm doing this, then I would end up with that kind of body. Right. Um, and I think because I had this goal and I had this like end end game, everybody was like, oh yeah, cool, like do it. It's really impressive. And 
but really all it was was an eating disorder right um and it's the same for literally everybody on that stage like you can't tell me mm. honestly i i think it's a really unhealthy thing to do yeah um, but because you have this event at the end of it, it kind of gets glorified for sure mm. that's um, interesting yeah mm. yeah so interesting getting that inside scoop for someone who's been yeah. there done that and and what what was it like who who kind of initially was like oh you should do the show um and then where, where, where did it kind of go from there in terms of training for it in terms of like dieting for it was there like whole kind of because there, there is this whole like package around it like hire, maybe hiring a coach and maybe kind of like mm. getting your outfit sorted and like and like you're saying the, the whole occasion of it becomes so so big right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. um so the first person who kind of guided me on that journey um, was a lady that I met at Crayford Gym. I don't know if you've heard of Crayford. It's quite mm. Yeah, the big, big red gym, right? Is it red? It's like, is it red inside? I think I've never heard of it. I think there is an area of it that's red now. It's like a CrossFit slash powerlifting area. Okay, okay. But it's sort of like a, a bodybuilding hub um, yeah. in the southeast. Um, and one of the guy that owns it is a IFBB judge. Um, gotcha. And this lady, she was like a pro bodybuilder, um, like the best one in the UK. And she kind of took me under her wing and she, like, she's such a lovely lady, but I just wish that, I wish that more people had this insight of like why they did it and mm. why I might be doing it, you know, because like if someone came to me now and said that they want to do it, I wouldn't tell them how to do it. I would say, why do you want to do this? Like, what is it in you that needs fixing that makes you want to do this? Um, yeah. Because it is like a really grueling process. And I honestly think if you're happy with yourself, you won't put yourself through that. Right. But, you know, she, yeah, she helped me and she picked a show for me to go to Um and then after a while, her like her diet methods were absolutely crazy. Like she told me that I couldn't even eat tomatoes because they had too much sugar in them. Ooh. I'm just, like, <laughs> it's such a madness. Like, and yeah. I'm like, no. Like, I, like, I on tomatoes. Wow. Yeah, no tomatoes. Um, no almond milk because I don't know. Like there, there was no logic or science behind any of this, and you know. Yeah. Like I said earlier, like I questioned everything. So I was like, oh, yeah, why? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and she didn't, she didn't give me a why. So I hired um, two other coaches who worked together. Um, and the nutritionist that I hired is actually a really good nutritionist. Um, he really knows his stuff. But with the time that I had left, in order to get down mm -hmm. to what I needed my body to look like, um, to be competitive in a bikini competition because like I, I don't really do things by halves so I was like if I'm going to do this I'm going to do it properly um, and I was eating like 800 calories a day holy shit and, yeah, and doing a weight session and doing mm, wow um, yeah I could not function could not function couldn't sleep um, couldn't focus at work, 
couldn't maintain healthy relationships because I just had zero energy and mm -hmm. totally consumed by thoughts of food. Mm. Um, because when you, yeah, it was crazy. Like when you remove something completely from your life, you become obsessed <laughs> by it, right? <laughs> Um, so yeah, it was not a good experience at all. Yeah, yeah. that's that's it's really interesting because it sometimes it takes. I don't know if you you agree with this, but sometimes it takes that kind of hellacious experience for you to then balance it out so well afterwards because you know the extent yeah. of which you can, to which it can go wrong, and you're like, I don't want anything that resembles this. And and sometimes maybe that kind of led you to to, to where you are now. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think it's a really. Good, I love that word, by the way, hellacious. Hellacious. Yeah. Hello. With yeah. It's like delicious, yeah. hellacious. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, that is exactly the right word for that situation. <laughs> but yeah, no, it does. Yeah. It makes it makes you question things before you do them as well. Yeah. You know, rather Definitely. than just saying like, "Yeah, I'm going to do this," and it <laughs> does make you a bit more wary of. Like what you said, I guess. Because I think yeah, I think you've said a couple of things there as well, which like I think there's um, there's a lot lot of interesting stuff there. Like first of all, asking why, and uh, then when you just go one layer deep and you realize that person doesn't actually have the answer, so they're actually just basing everything they tell you on full of shit, basically. And like, I think that's so important for people to understand, especially when it comes to diet, because everybody's like on this flex of, oh, you should be vegan or you should be paleo, you should be carnivore, you should be keto, you should be this or that. And that's how you're going to get results. And then if you yeah. ask why once usually, and that's enough. But if you ask twice, twice is like, why is that important? You realize that yeah. the person doesn't actually have a good enough answer for you. And I think that's yeah. such a good thing that you touched on because so many people need to understand that if you're if you're believing a certain thing about your nutrition that you need to do it a certain way ask yourself why at least a couple times so that you can figure out what's actually what's actually the right thing for you yeah definitely my friend told me the other day about the five whys yeah um, and he said like if you ask why five times you'll get to the root cause yeah pretty like, much you know, the crux of the issue and maybe it's not five every issue like maybe we, the diet you only need to ask a couple of times but yeah it's yeah. the most important question you can ask is why yeah big time because i think yeah go on oh, like people have a very strong want like you had a very strong want and personally speaking i think gee you can, you can also resonate on this in all in our own way but like we have a very strong want as to i want to be different to how i am right now because how I am right now is making me feel a certain way. It's making people judge me a certain way, making them maybe bully me or maybe kind of treat me a certain way. So the want is there and that kind of makes that fire. But then you don't really necessarily know in which way to direct that. And you come at it with so much kind of, so much, such a head of steam. And then you can kind of fall into the wrong thing. And then you go at it with the same level of passion. And it's just like, oh, this train's going off the tracks, but it doesn't know, mm. doesn't know like where it's going to end up. You know I mean? That's, that's, I think that's such a common thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think yeah. that happens a lot. I think it's so easy when you're a bit younger as well. Um, and sometimes you feel so unhappy and uncomfortable in a situation and you just want to be out of that situation, but you don't know where you want to be. Yeah. You know, if you don't really take time to reflect and mm -hmm. you can 
what I did. And you just think, well, well I'm going to do this and it's going to fix it. Mm-hmm. And it ends up not, you know. And I don't, I don't know if there's any way to avoid that or if that's just part of getting older and yeah. like taking more time with things and being mm. more thoughtful. Yeah, just being a bit more reflective over time. Yeah. I think because um, yeah, one of the things that we talk about is like it's kind of important to know what you're moving away from, and it's good to get you started because otherwise you just wouldn't you wouldn't make the move forward, and yeah. like you know, and you do figure it out haphazardly as you go along, which is just one of those things. So you know, you've arrived at powerlifting now, and it's like I'm actually in a pretty damn good spot. Yeah. And, and like um, actually, I want to ask you as well. Like, uh, what did you observe with the people who were in that fitness comp bikini comp? Um, world which you were like there's something that you wouldn't do it if you were happy with yourself so what did you make what did you kind of things did you observe that people were trying to either get away from what hole were they plugging what were they doing that was kind of uh, pathological not pathological just Mm. not healthy for them yeah I don't know if I can put my finger on it exactly um but they you know there was no sort of variety of conversation right. with everybody. So that was the be all and end all. It was as if they were kind of burying themselves in diet and exercise to avoid asking any other questions or mm. like spending any time on anything else. Okay. Mm. Um, and they were just never happy. Like no one was happy. When I went to um, the competition, the first competition, like the person who won my class, happy. Um, I was happy because I didn't have to diet anymore. Yeah, and that kind of happy. It wasn't. It wasn't lasting at all. Right. The next day, um, I was like unhappy again because I felt like I'd eaten too much the night before mm-hmm. and I'd done all of my hard work. So it wasn't lasting happiness. And I think that is like, that's something that I observed across the board. Like people would be happy for an instant if they won or, you know, because they'd got on stage and they'd had their hair and makeup done and they thought that they looked great. They'd be happy for a moment, but it wasn't lasting. So Mm. was there ever a point during that process where you actually enjoyed it? Um, barely, but I'd say like at the beginning, um, when I was still eating a decent amount of food, um, I, I enjoyed having like a, a new routine and I was excited yeah, about yeah. what I was doing. Um, but yeah, no, barely. Yeah. Okay. It was pretty awful. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Cause one thing I'm very curious about is like kind of reward mechanisms and achieving goals and things like that and then being able to achieve a goal how does it actually feel how does it actually change your life mm-hmm. but the biggest thing is is enjoying we're all about the process here and yeah uh, name trust the process yeah, exactly. and, uh, trust the process brown ttp <laughs> is this uh, that's basically like we talk about it a lot is uh in like you've got to appreciate the process to be able to appreciate like the wins along the way so that you actually are happy when you get where you want to get 
yeah. um, in, internalizing it as much as possible rather than it yeah. being about being on the podium. So yeah. I wonder like, um, so I'm guessing that changed for you when you shifted into powerlifting, like how you approach the process. Definitely. Well, the process is what becomes your actual life, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. That is the most important thing. Um, actually, I, did, I just thought whilst you were speaking, there, you know, one thing that I did enjoy or feel happy about was when I saw like a lower number on the scales. Mm, yeah, okay. Which is just so toxic and terrible. And I just don't think that it's, you know, something that people should be aiming for. Like, yeah. It makes me think like it's it's a complete stark contrast to powerlifting in the sense that you constantly outsource your emotions and happiness to judges, to the scales, to the mirror, to social media, to yeah. your friends and, and uh, kind of everything else. Whereas like it's 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 the um oh, Henry Rollins. Have you had that Henry Rollins thing, the iron? Have you, have you read that? Where it's like no. twenty kilo, twenty kilos will always be twenty kilos. So yeah, it will never lie to you. So if you, you yeah. know, you're like you don't outsource anything. You just if the barbell comes up, it's it's done for the day. Like that's my win. That's my kind of and you can get those repetitions in day after day in day out. It doesn't ever change. And you know that for you to achieve now, it's just a case of you going downstairs or going to your gym, putting your time in, and it's done. Like that's that's between you and yourself versus you and the entire world. And you don't know, yeah. like, that scale could be dodgy. That that judge could be pissed off that day. He could not like red. You're wearing red. It's like, you're screwed, right? It's like, so it's, it's, there's so many variables, right? That, that, exactly. And, yeah, you're hinging your entire emotional state on that. Yeah. Mm. Even just the concept of, um, you know, like, <laughs> I didn't realise how awful the concept of judging the appearance of people's bodies is. <laughs> now, you know, I've quite a different person now than I was five or six years ago um and I just I really don't like the entire concept of that like it's so subjective um you know who who is saying that this is the desirable body standard and like, this is perfection and anything else is not or who, you know says who it's just a, a really odd concept yeah, it's really weird. It is really weird. Yeah. I, I think this is where like bodybuilding nowadays is totally mutated, and like you have mm. people like I don't know if you know like who Jim Jim Mannion, who's like the head of the IFBB in the in the US, and uh, there's videos of him talking about like how he likens it to like going to the zoo, and he's like everybody wants to see the gorillas and the lions and like the beasts at the at the zoo. So it's like they, when they come to a bodybuilding show, they just want to see the freaks. And it's like. These yeah. are human beings. These are human beings. Like you're, you're, you're making them change their life because of an ideal that you had. You want to go at the, you want to go to the zoo and see the, see the gorillas, but somebody wants to go to the zoo and see the snakes. Like it's like, it's like just, just chill with it, man. Just like let it, let it be what it is. You know, I mean, people should yeah. like almost, you almost want bodybuilding to be an exhibition and be like, okay, this is what I've been working on. It's, a, it's an art form. Like I mean, this is why everyone talks about the golden days and talk about Arnold Schwarzenegger and Frank Zane and Franco Colombo and all these amazing poses that were there to show off what they've been working on. And it's it's almost like those guys seemed healthier doing it because they were happier doing it almost. Because yeah. they 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 kind of presented what they had. They weren't almost looking to the judges or looking to social media to be like, oh, this is this is what qualifies as me having a physique nowadays. I have to have a 10 inch waist and a 20 inch ass. It's like what does that mean? <laughs> like you know what I mean? <laughs> so weird. Yeah. Yeah. It was more like there was more um 
diversity in the shapes of their bodies back then. Mm-hmm. You know, there was an acceptance that, yeah, we are humans and, and we're different and there isn't this one standard mm-hmm. of perfection. Because um, totally one of the things that really turned me off of bikini competitions was that my coach said that I should get feedback from the judges. So she had called my entire prep the battle of the butt she was like your butt just won't disappear like it needs to go and I was like what like how and this is why I was doing like so much cardio and literally oh, started yeah. and I was like well, this is just my body like mm. it's gonna it, there's no allowance for differences in people's bodies like I'm gonna have to do like 10 times more work to get rid of it than someone that didn't have it in the first place like it's all That's crazy like, standard and the judge um they were like oh your legs are too big and you're gonna have to stop training legs and I was like no way like you're gonna like remove my favorite part of training so that I can fulfill your standards of what a good body looks like and that's just that was when I just thought no I'm not doing this ever again um that's wild yeah (laughs) But it's, at least you had like the wherewithal to be like, nah, this is it, final straw. Yeah. There'll be plenty of people who go, oh, I want this enough. They think they want it enough and we'll go for it. And then realize yeah. that all they sacrificed everything and it wasn't actually worth it. Like, yeah. Well, um, and if you go back to talking about like, you know, the only thing that matters when you were, when you were happy during that journey, the only thing um, that made you happy was seeing the number on the scale go down. And you said, you know, you realize that's toxic. Mm. What uh, I feel like there's a lot of people who need to hear this. I think there's a lot of women who need to hear this. Um, Mm. What do you feel is important instead? What do you feel is important instead of just looking at that number? Is there a myriad of different things? Is there something that you found which you realize is actually more important than and fulfilling? Not just important, but fulfilling. Mm, that's yeah, that's a really big question. Um mm. I think there are so many things that are more important than what you weigh. Like mm. <laughs> it's almost one of the least important things. Um yeah. like provided that you're healthy, what you weigh is just is literally just the number, it doesn't it really doesn't matter. Like, if you're talking in terms of sports, then there are so many other ways to measure your progress. Mm. Um, and I think there's something like really empowering for me, especially about thinking about weights going up rather than like your weight coming down. Yeah. Um, and I think it just like it represents. <laughs> Progress, you know because if you think about your weight coming down like you can only lose weight for so long like where where's the end goal like at some point you can't lose any more weight so at what point are you gonna be satisfied and I think that's something that um the bikini competition showed me like I was at a point where I couldn't possibly get any leaner and I still wasn't satisfied so mm-hmm. what, that that kind of demonstrates that there's that's not what was missing. There's something else because I've gotten to what I think is the end goal and I'm still not happy. So there's something else that needs addressing and it was never it was never my way. Mm-hmm. I think you can kind of put it on like and say, 
like in terms of the hierarchy of needs, right? So it's like, do you weigh a certain thing will be off there in the ether? Like, it doesn't matter. But then the base of it would just be like, are you happy? Like, are you happy? Like, is any of this making you happy? Like, and like you said, there was only two times where it was like your weight would go down and then you would get to have some food and it was like, or, or you have some, have some routine. Like, and you can, then, then you can kind of look at the subtext, but okay, this person likes routine, but you don't necessarily like losing weight with this routine. Well, then, well, obviously to us, it's obvious, but like to somebody out there who's listening that doesn't really understand um, or, or maybe is frustrated with their way. It's like, okay, well, if you're, if you're enjoying the routine, then maybe we can just angle that effort toward sticking to a routine, but like you've done, changing the end goal. So the end goal is not, like you said, losing weight, but it's actually gaining strength on the bar. It's actually gaining a different outlook in terms of body composition, becoming stronger for your body weight. There's so, so many ways of doing this. But like you said earlier, with, with what's mass marketed is like size zero and, and all this other rubbish, which is just just absolutely unhealthy in every way. Yeah. Well, I think as well, like it's interesting um, with what is mass marketed because at the moment, like it was size zero when I was a teenager and that impacted me massively. But now it's almost like it's like a Kardashian type figure, which mm. is mind blowing. Like, because I have never seen a woman in the flesh that looks like a Kardashian. Like, mm. <laughs> but you have what's out here. Yeah. They're um, not even in the flesh, you know. They're they're in the plastic, for God's sake. You know what I mean? Like they're not even. <laughs> yeah. So I think that women have to be really mindful of what is in fashion because, like, your body is your body, and a fashion item is a fashion item, and you can't like, if you're aiming to look like what is in fashion, what are you gonna like fundamentally change your body like every five or ten years? Like, you you can't because. You might think, oh, yeah, I'm going to go for this Kardashian look. And then, like, in another five years' time, something completely different is in fashion. So what are you then supposed to do? Like, if, you're, if your aesthetic is always your number one thought, you're never going to be satisfied. That's so on point. That's such a good, like, long-term view on the whole thing as well. You're just like, all right, I know there's another cycle that's going to come around. Yeah. There's going to be another cycle after that. There's going to be another cycle of what's in fashion after that. Yeah. And uh, you just got to stop paying attention to that bullshit and just be like, what is it that I want? You know, yeah. What yeah. satisfy me and make me feel good so yeah. that I can sustain that as well. Yeah. It's kind, uh, of that, kind of that one of one mentality where it's like, there is only one like grace. There is only one. Like, so I, I can be compared to somebody else if I want to be compared. But if I don't want to mm -hmm. be compared, then what does grace want to do? What does Gurinder what, what does want to do? Like, yeah. There is never, there's not going to, you're not going to get two goes around at this. So just kind of spend this first one being an original because you are, you are only an original and that's it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Something genuinely brings you happiness. Just, just do it. Like don't, like don't question right. it. Just, just roll with it. hundred percent. hundred percent. And then mm. that, uh, did you want to lead into like just, the powerlifting now like kind of where where did that come into it you, you, you just tell you like it because you just light up you like and your face just kind of like has that smile and just like oh yeah, powerlifting. Let's go. Let's go. Why, are we, why are we gonna talk about powerlifting why is it taking 50 minutes to talk about okay so what was that progression actually from doing bikini cobs and then being like oh yeah powerlifting is the one so you said it was like you went to the gym you saw 
people left it, you're like, yeah, okay, I'd like that. Is that what it, is that what it was, or was it a bit more a bit more of a progression than that? Mm, well, that was like the um, sort of at the beginning of the bikini competition journey, um, and I like I loved squats. Always loved squats. I was terrible at them for like three years, but I loved them. Um, like when I see videos now of me squatting, I'm just like, oh wow! Like so lucky that I'm still in. But <laughs> um, I don't know. I think it was. I think there's like a little a bit of a rebellious side in me. Like so, when they told me like, oh, you need to stop training legs because your legs are too big. I was kind of like, no, like, fuck this, I'm going to train them even more. Like, <laughs> and I thought, you know, yeah, like I was kind of had a bit of a natural affinity for squats anyway, and I just started, like, training them loads. Um, and I followed this, uh, you know, Lane Norton, he had a program online that I found, and I started following that, um, mainly for squats, but it also had, like, bench and deadlift stuff in there, so I was like, well, I might as well. Um, and then I actually started to enjoy like all three lifts. Um, and then I thought, oh, why don't, because I like to have something to work towards. Mm. That's just like throughout all of my training, I've always like initially it was like a 5K run um, or a 10K. And then I had the bikini competitions and I needed something else. So I just signed up for a powerlifting competition um, and found a coach and did that and just haven't looked back really i just love love powerlifting Amazing. that's brilliant that's brilliant i think mean, yeah. we should qualify for people out there like well i guess you can do it because you're you're the only qualified powerlifter here but like what <laughs> is powerlifting obviously you've, you've touched on the three three the three lifts like what three lifts is it and then how what kind of format does a competition take yeah go yeah. for it okay so the three lifts are squat bench and lift um and in a competition, they run in that order. You have nine lifts and you get a minute to complete each lift. Um, so you have like, you'll have a flight of lifters. And um, so there's usually between like seven and 10 lifters in each flight. So each of you will do your first attempt at what? And then each of you will do your second attempt, each of you will do your third. Um, you can't decrease the weight between attempts. Um, so like you can take the same weight twice if you fail it or go up by 2.5 kilos at least um, so everyone does squat and then you have like a half an hour to an hour break whilst they do another flight of squat and then everyone will do bench and then everyone will do deadlift so it can, it can take quite a while um, like you could have like four four-ish hours four to five hours mm -hmm. when you do your first squat to when you do your final deadlift um and then they decide who wins in each weight class by adding up your highest squat highest bench and highest deadlift that's really interesting that's so cool i've got so many questions about the whole powerlifting thing I, 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 firstly i think um my my first exposure to powerlifting and like really mm -hmm. close exposure was i worked at a gym uh, in Leicester, and there was a powerlifter mm. there, and his name's John John Hampson. Have you heard of him? Don't think so. He's, I'm not really uh, athlete names. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, like, uh, he's he's been ranked. Huh? Except your own. Yeah. Yeah, I know my name. 
um, he's he's been he's been ranked in the UK as like I think sixth or seventh strongest in I think one oh five weight class and he's been to he's been to worlds. Um yeah. he's 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 an equipped lifter and mm. um yeah super super strong guy. Um mm. I, I'm not I'm not gonna get his numbers wrong by by Salem but like I know yeah. he's squatted well over three hundred kilos. I know I know he's deadlifted well yeah. over three hundred kilos and yeah. um yeah benched well over two hundred kilos and mm. um just watching him train, like being super meticulous with things and mm. to the point, and obviously that filters through to his clients, um, filters through to just, just everything about the guy. And uh, that was my first exposure to powerlifting. Is that, was that something that you noticed early on and like somebody who's all about the stats and all about the numbers? Did you did you take that from powerlifting and be like, oh yeah, this is something that I, I align with? Yeah, so I, like, I love the numbers side of it. Um, yeah. And I think as well, you said that guy wasn't equipped lifter, and I feel like I've never tried equipped lifting. Um, but for people listening, like it's almost like a whole new sport. Um, you know, when you said that he's meticulous, like the way that they wrap their knees um, and the sort of like choosing a shirt that fits and stuff like that, it's, it's just a whole new level of considerations. Yeah. And I think even the way that they lift seems more meticulous as well. Like you, t- you yeah. see the way that they take the lifts down, like the bench and the squat and the way that it's so, like so thought out and it's really slow compared to like raw lifters as well. It's totally millimetric, isn't it? It's like, because yeah. they have to, and this, Grace, correct me if I'm wrong, right? But like <laughs> the difference between equipped and non-equipped is that, you can wear like a, a suit, a deadlift suit, yeah. uh, a yeah. bench shirt, and like a squat yeah. suit, and then yeah. you can have like like multi ply, single ply, which is like the the cross weaving of the fibers in the actual suit, yeah. and that depending on the level of like of of what ply it is, I guess, uh, gives you yeah. a different level of of support from the actual equipment, yeah. and then then you're in a, you're now an equipped lifter, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can I think you can add like many many kilos. Um, total from lifting equipped um, yeah. but I've seen a couple of equipped lifters at Bethnal Green we don't have many um, mm-hmm. but the, the stuff that they wear is really heavy duty like it leaves grazes and bruises on their skin because it's so yeah. it's so tight and there's so much extra resistance offered by that equipment mm-hmm. that hardcore. Even, yeah, yeah it's really hardcore um, and even like Time that they spend in training like getting stuff on and off and making sure yeah. that it's like a whole next level of dedication yeah you're you're putting like two and a half hours easy into a training yeah. session like yeah, it, yeah it's 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 a full like and then with think about like the pre-workout meal the workout the post-workout it's like five hours it's like five hours yeah. of your day yeah. like whatever you're training is like it's it's gonna go to like this and then like you're talking about yeah. it becoming becoming your life too yeah. Right. yeah, and I don't know if they um, also put in additional training as well because when you think of like the volume that they get in wearing that equipment, it must be quite low. Mm. So I'm not sure if they have like additional sessions where they don't wear kit. I'm yeah. guessing they probably they must do. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I remember John. Remember seeing John kind of uh, train a lot of like conditioning style stuff. So he would break out his kettlebells from now from time to time, quite often actually. And then he would definitely have variants. So, for instance, he he was he's a low bar squatter. Obviously, most people that squat in, in 
yeah. suit suits are. Then he'll have days where he would do front squat, he would do kind of high bar back squat. Um, he would kind of just vary all the way through. So so he's he's, he's got programmed sessions of, of RDLs, of, of Yates rows, of, of pull-ups, yeah. and dips, and the full lot, you know what I mean? So all the accessory lifts are also there. Yeah. But then, like you said, because because the wearing of the equipment takes such a toll on the body, you've probably got you've probably got a longer session because you've got to program in other days that are lighter days, and you've got to undulate yeah. the periodization and all that stuff. So it's so much that goes into it. Yeah. Yeah. Super yeah. interesting. And they might even have like skincare regimes as well, because. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Sometimes sure. we feel like I have to sort of like file down my calluses. When they take off the bench shirt, and I'm just like, wow, like your skin is <laughs> suffering. <That's laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, John's got John's got a lovely complexion. I'm going to tell him yeah. to this. He's uh, he's glowing all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, such a beast, such a hardcore beast. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like uh, skincare for powerlifters. <laughs> yeah, that's like this idea, maybe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, here first. All right, we're yes. going to the business after this. We're Sponsored going to athlete. Talking about Sponsored this. athlete. <laughs> yeah, yes. exactly. Evolve, achieve, thrive, skincare for powerlifters. Oh my God, it's happening. <laughs> <laughs> we're just working out right now as we go. Yeah. <laughs> that's brilliant. That's brilliant. And like, gee, you you wanted to you wanted to get into some stuff about like how powerlifting kind of works in with like, the whole life, right? I think it was, it was, was, that, was, that, was that the angle of the question? Yeah, exactly. The process, just, yeah, like how does, how does, yeah, how do they both feed into each other? Like, so you kind of, like, clearly you found your happy place. You found a place where it's like, yeah, this is the thing for me. And I don't know if you have visions of whether that change is going in the future or what, but... It just seems like yeah, you you found yourself in a good spot. So how does powerlifting kind of uh, feed into all the other domains in your life, and then vice versa as well? Is there anything that you take from other bits of your life that you put into powerlifting to help you get better at that? Yeah. Um, well, I think there's like there's a lot to learn from having like I find it weird to refer to myself as an athlete, but like other people do so I'm gonna do it <laughs> so like, <laughs> team like th there's a so lot of what was that so what was that missed up having an athlete's routine has okay. like a lot of transfer into other areas of your life um so like one the biggest example that I can think of is my actuarial exams mm. so they are notoriously difficult they have like each exam has a a pass rate of 30 to 40 percent um, and so what they do is they calibrate the pass mark so that no more than that amount of people pass each time. Um, yeah. How does that work? <laughs> yeah. They, they just, just they'll say like the pass mark this time, what, like there's not a, you know, every oh. time the mark is 65, it will vary between, I don't know, maybe like 55 to 70. It, ah. They depending on like how hard the exam was. Hmm. Um, so that you know when I graduated and I started doing those exams that was really disheartening um, mm. and I changed careers for a while um, and I did underwriting instead which I quit for other reasons like we can go into if we've got time but I don't know if we will um, but training um, 
as a powerlifter made me realize that actually these like tiny little gains from like consistent small efforts really add up so that gave me the confidence to restart my actuarial, actuarial exams and I thought mm. like if I can pick up powerlifting and take it this far without ever really intending to then why can I not apply the same discipline and same approach to my exams you know like if I just get little bits in the bank all the time then yeah. that will add up on that side as well so um, I started them again and I just had a bit of a, a different approach um, I had like scheduled study times where I would be uninterrupted um, so I used to study like in front of the TV or listening to music and I was like, no, like I don't put the TV on when I'm training I do listen to music but it's different but you know when I'm training I'm training so when I'm studying I'm going to be studying um, and there's like other little things that I added into my life that supplement powerlifting like for example making sure that I walk anywhere that I can so that I kind of stay loose and you know that a bit bit of active recovery so I kind of applied a similar approach as well and I would read my notes on the train um mm. you know just like little little benefit you um mm. and I just thought I just need to think about this in the same way that I think about powerlifting that's awesome yeah crossover it's so big yeah and it's weird like some you know some people just fly through the exams and they don't seem to struggle at all but I did for some reason and it was just that um like different approach that that really helps me out I mean, it's like that, that makes me think that you know so the, you don't get to you don't get to to pick like what lessons that you easily learn what lessons you don't easily learn but then there's always mm -hmm. a lesson in whichever way you did it you know what i mean like say so you've struggled with it so you're you're almost meant to struggle with things like that sometimes but then optimize the process trust yourself and then that's the win you take from it is that the next person that has to chat with you about this or listens to this podcast realize that they can apply the same thing you've just done to their life and the thing that they've yeah. been finding hard it's just a matter of the process it's literally just a matter of sticking to it optimizing it where you can optimize it cut the fat because you don't need that and then well, it, it just has to go one way, you know. It just has to only ever go one way, you know what I mean? And um, yeah, it has to. I, I, I love that you've kind of applied one. Like, I think G's question was that in the first place. Like, like how how is it kind of crossed over? And mm. you've applied it from from kilos in the barbell to to like pass Mark, on an exam. Yeah, on an exam. Yeah. Like that. That's that's yeah. so much. Like, for instance, back in school, I remember like not ever wanting to sit an exam, but then being like, "Where's the gym? I'm, I'm I'll be there." And then like, yeah. you've kind of gone to the gym and then learned how to pass your flipping exam. It's like, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's so yeah. good. Finally. It's yeah. like, it's all increments, isn't it? That's all it is. An extra kilo, an extra mark. Like, yeah. just small bits of progress. And I think the other thing as well that's really transferred is this concept of, like, I've heard it said so many times, but I don't, I think there's a there's a difference between, like, knowing something and feeling something like experiencing it yourself and really knowing that it's real. 100%. Um, it's like, you know, this, this thing about like, you only fail when you quit basically, like mm -hmm. you can't fail if you don't quit. You just, you just gotta keep going. Like mm -hmm. I've heard like different variants of that said so many times, 
but it's only with powerlifting that I've really seen it to be true. Um, and that has transferred to like this concept. I was talking to my friend about it the other day, who's nearly qualified as well, that we're actually, I'm not going to say we are because it's like 30% fast rate, right? But <laughs> next year, like it's going to happen. And it's like, it's so, and it's, I've never allowed myself to think about it before because it just seemed like impossible. You know, you can only do exam once every six months. Wow. You can only really do two at a time because they're so hard. I work full time as well. Um, and there are 15 exams. So yeah. it like this distant, like, it's never gonna have like one day it might happen who knows like it's almost like a goal that is too big to think about because it would just put you off yeah for sure actually how many exam sit-ins that is mm-hmm. um, but now it's it's gonna happen like very soon so like powerlifting is exactly the same like i remember seeing um an under 63 girl like 18 months or two years ago, squatting 165 at the Europeans and thinking, like, I'm never going to squat 165. Like, what the hell? That's massive. I think my squat at the time was like 135 or something. And I was like, mm. massive. Like, I just can't ever do that. And like, I've done it now. Like, it's it, if you just keep yeah. going, but not with that specific number in mind, if you know what I mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. That's like uh, yeah, hitting beast mode, but it's like, it's just, uh, yeah, you're not thinking about being a beast. You just, just keep going. And then you're like, oh, wait, I'm a beast. Yeah. But it is about, yeah, it's about the process and enjoying the process rather than focusing on that end goal. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. That's so big. Incremental games, man. It's always... It's like the more I apply that in my life as well, like, you know, you just wake up on certain days and you just think, ah, oh. and then all I think is now, actually, if I do one thing that makes me better today than I, a better today than I am yesterday, then yeah. great. And, yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, then it just keeps spiraling, spiraling, spiraling. Yeah. It's really great. Um, I love that. I love that. I think you said, um, I can't quite remember what you said, but I can definitely liken it back to something that I think I said last podcast or whatever it was it was that you've you've got a you've got you you said that there is no real thing uh like failure unless you just quit and that kind of it makes me think of of uh that Eckhart Tolle quote where it's like there there is no death um that you, you the, the goal is showing the goal the goal is to die and realize there is no death and it's like yeah. basically like you fail you fail the lift the bar's still on the floor it didn't come mm. up, but then you kind of you strip it back, you reassess, you you kind of you work it back into your goals, you work up the volume underneath it, and then you go for it again, and you and you do it. So it's like you, you did, you didn't, you did, you 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 failed in the moment, but then overall, it's just about like reassessing and then just coming back and realizing you you can't actually you can't actually fail. You just have to think of a yeah. new way of doing this. That's it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah, yeah that, that makes me that makes me think of um, like when you're competing as well. Like if you've had a failed lift. And oh. you've got, and yeah, okay. So there's, there's something there, right? So <laughs> yeah. that, that's what's interesting is, is like, you've had a failed lift and then you've got to go out there and you've got to do it again so you can get through to the next level. It's like, what's, what do you do to reset to make sure that that's a thing of the past now and you're going to, you're going to, you're going to execute the next lift and that's all you're worried, that's all you're thinking about. 
So I think anyone that has like seen me lift at several competitions knows that my like my speciality is failing my opening squat. Right. <laughs> like way too many times. I can't even tell you how many times it's happened. So I the get the key to success is fail your first squat. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. Like, <laughs> it's so terrible. I'm, it's not gonna happen anymore. I'm saying that now. <laughs> I get so nervous and I must have done I don't know how many squats I've done in my life. It must be like tens of thousands. Like mm. but for some reason I get so nervous that I forget how to squat. <laughs> yeah okay mess it up so like i don't it's always depth i always get so nervous that i cut the depth right. um, so i did that at the british and it was really disappointing because i wanted to take the british record at the british mm. this year um mm. so that was 170 so i was gonna take 170.5 for my final mm. attempt um so i was going to go like 157 165 170.5 but i had to take 157 twice um because i felt cut it on depth for the first time and i knew that i'd done it like literally you can see my face in the video and i just knew that i'd done it and i was like oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um oh, and then my coach was just like you're doing it again and i was like yeah i know and i just walked off <laughs> had a bit of a sulk um <laughs> like away from the other competitors um like listen to some like some music sat there by myself and just kind of visualized doing it right and just like walked myself through um how it's gone before and how it's going to go this time um mm. so it's about really getting into my own headspace and like that that day at the british was quite bad for me as well for like personal reasons um and it really really threw me um and like the, the two competitions that i'd had before that i'd actually gone three for three for three on squats so you know it, it, i was kind mm -hmm. of breaking the, the breaking the trend yeah yeah um and then it happened again because i just let things like get get into my head a bit um so yeah it's all it's amazing that's so cool yeah. you, you get to you get to kind of like fail and then then go and face that failure and then just get back on the platform and be like fuck it i'm gonna do it anyway and that's yeah. uh, that's that's so powerful that's so powerful yeah i think it's also like asking yourself what is the alternative because yeah. i think that's a big that's a big deal like the alternative you know you've trained for something you trained really hard um and then you're there and you can either go go for it again. It's a weight that you know you can do. You've done it like many times in the gym. You can either go for it again and stop being scared of it, or the other option is to just fail and just scrap all of those months of training that you've done. And that's not really a viable option. So mm. it's kind of like putting it into perspective for yourself. Mm. And then, so is there a ritual that you have to help you? you get yourself back into that space you're talking about like you know okay you had that little sulk and you visualize is like is that the main thing or is there other bits to it as well which you do to help you execute yeah no i think that's the main thing because you've only got like like i said before once you have failed that lift you've only got like about seven minutes to 
get your head back in the game is not long. Mm. Um, so I've got like a playlist um, that is my kind of go-to and I'll pick something that I feel like is going to get me back in the game and I'll just like isolate myself from anyone else so that I can just get my head back in the zone. Um, there's not really anything that anyone can tell me at that point in time. Like I, there's nothing that I need to hear. Like I've competed enough times that I know what, what I need to do. Um, yeah, so, cool. mm. That's powerful. That's powerful. Cause like you, you again, it's back to that same thing of not outsourcing anything and not needing somebody to tell you anything because you've you've taken it upon yourself all those times to get in the gym, put the bar on your back, go down, come up, go down, come up, go down, come yeah. up. So this is and I think another thing that might be going over people's people's heads, maybe, is that that's that's two and a half times your body weight, more than two and a half times your body weight, right? That's ridiculous. That's and that's like even 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 to say it like in the history of females who are your weight, you are quite literally up there as the strongest, one of the strongest ever in that. In the UK right now, that's mm. ridiculous. That's absolutely bonkers. <laughs> like, I love it. Yeah. I love it. And, and that's, 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 that's cool. yeah. F fuck not training legs, right? Watch, <laughs> yes. me, watch me train these legs. I'm sitting down right now. I just want to sit a squat down. Thank you. <laughs> this I'm just inspired to squat my ass off. Yeah. <laughs> but it goes to show as well what happens if you know if I followed um, other people's opinions of what my body should look like, then mm. what would I be doing? Like starving myself and doing long distance running, which I was never going to be good anyway. Like, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. interesting. That, that's so yeah. true. There's um because you've done that basically so since you started powerlifting, it was it was three years you've been powerlifting. Yeah, I did my first oh actually I did my first competition in May 2017. Okay, uh, wow. Yeah. So probably I'd say I probably started training for that in like January 2017. Okay, right. Because that's I mean, by any by any standards, that's that's really quick progress. Mm. What, do you think has been that key to making such such quick progress? Um, I think there's a few things. Um, so when I started powerlifting, first of all, was not it's not the first time that I'd picked up a barbell. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like I had my technique was absolute trash, but I had built some kind of physique, like and some kind of muscular muscular like development before that. Um, yeah. <laughs> I just walked like straight into the game so much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? You had um, the base for it already. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I think like some people have told me that like my old coach always used to say to me that I'm built for squatting, which basically means I've got like short, chunky legs. <laughs> <laughs> in um there's a certain you know amount of that um but i think really it's just i can't even tell you like how many sessions i've missed in a progress i must have in the whole three years i've probably missed like four sessions but mm. that wow and what's, uh, what's, 
Yeah, what that stopped, is, kept you away on those four occasions? Um, so if I'm sick, hmm. that's literally it. Yeah, Illness. Okay. So basically, you're rarely getting sick these days as well. Well, exactly. Yeah, and I hmm. used to get sick quite a lot, um, hmm. and I used to, oh, I've just got a weak immune system, but it wasn't. It was because I wasn't looking after myself. I used to basically catch every cold going. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. Yeah. Well, there's so many people out there who need to hear that. Just just through mm-hmm. being that meticulous with the routine. And, like, I, I, can't, I can't speak to anything on that level because I, I've not competed. I've not kind of been there. But I can speak to showing up at the gym every single day and being, mm. like, and, and to, that, to that level almost where, like, across two to three years, where it was like, I know I didn't miss more than six, seven sessions. And that was like, I, want, I wanted to be there every day. I wanted to be there literally yeah. every single day. And I'm, I'm sure you know, yeah. both of you, you know, you know, both of you know what that's like. And, yeah. um, I think people just need to experience that. Like like you, you see people kind of, like you said at the start, you said you're nothing special. You're nothing mm-hmm. kind of like different. You're just somebody who just applies herself. And yeah. um, that's that's literally it. It's literally it, right? I need to look at look at the progress you, you achieve. Look at like kind of the levels of happiness and then the kick the kickback. On the back end yeah. is just that you're you're literally unfuckable with when it comes to getting <laughs> illnesses and like being happy and like kind of owning your own life. It's like oh, it's, it's just small things like kind of living the life I want to live just because I showed yeah. up every day and did the work. Like yeah, I have, a, I, have a, I have a great I have a great time because I'm consistent and it's like it's like that. Yeah. Uh, what's that phrase? Um, no, discipline equals freedom, right? Mm-hmm. So like you're 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 disciplined to a point, and then that gives you the freedom on the back end to just live the way you want to live. Yeah. 100%. I love that. There you go. And you create a new phrase there as well, man. Every time yeah. I'm training, I'm going to be thinking, I want to be unfuckable with. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> get, get out of the wall. Get out of the wall. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have a quote board of all the Umars. Yeah. Umars I've learned over the last 13 weeks of having these podcasts. Yeah. I might write it on my chalkboard when I train. Get it. I've got a, I've got a, chalk, I've got a board, whiteboard over here. I don't want to take yeah. the camera because my room is a bit, bit too, too messy. Bit too messy, sorry. <laughs> right, but I'll, I'll put this on the Evolve Achieve Thrive uh, Instagram page. And it's, yes. the, it's the whiteboard that we, me, my two flatmates from London last year, um, mm. we just wrote random quotes from there. And one of one of my flatmates' friends, Chris, he came around for the weekend when we weren't even in. And he just started writing quotes on the board, on this board. And they're all so empowering. They're all, you just read them and you think, I've got such a fire in my belly. And um, the, one, yeah. the one that G, I say to G all the time is, uh, never stray from the way such a simple quote but it's like it's it's such a like uh you know your path just stay just stay yeah right? and that, that that encapsulates you so well like kind of ne- never straying from from your path and like look look at how how well you've done with it yeah brilliant it's brilliant yeah tell me this yeah. first right so sorry go on, go on go on i think like there's i really like that quote by the way i think it's grounding um yeah. i think i'm gonna write that up as well um but it is, like you said, I, I know my way. And I think there is a lot of um, temptation in life for, you know, for us to stray from our way and, and to do what other people think we should be doing. Um, and I think it feeds back into what I said about when something makes you happy, don't question it. Mm-hmm. Just go with it. And I think especially like as a woman in strength sports, I have faced like so many challenges from other people. Like, why are you doing this? You don't, especially when I started, less so now that I'm more um, established and 
the circles that I move in are, are different, you know, it's other people that are involved in strength sports. But when I first started doing it in a commercial gym, um, I would get so much nonsense from people talking about like, oh, like you don't want to be doing that, that's not for women, or you don't want to get too big. And I was like, well, I don't care, like I'm just enjoying it, so I'm going to keep doing it. Um, that's ridiculous because it's like there's there's a lot of women out there who already have that complex about oh, i don't want to get too big if i strength train and then there's people saying it on top of that it's like you know how hard it is yeah. for that to happen it's yeah. just it's just, oh, yeah. it's pissing me off yeah it's so, like it's really hard to just like break free of that and just say well mm. i don't care like i enjoy it i don't care about anything else about how it might make me look or how you're going to perceive me i'm just going to do what feels good yeah and then you shifted your environment so you just moved somewhere where that just wasn't a thing right <clears throat> yeah it's not a thing yeah yeah so that's the other cool thing is like you've been doing this and you've just i guess you've just upgraded the circles that you hang in as well because you're mm. like all right i'm moving in this direction i'm going to end up hanging around with people who yeah. get it as well yeah and then exactly sell as opposed to hold me back yeah exactly um What's that like? Was there was there ever a point where there was some people who you thought you didn't actually want to move away from, but you had to if you just wanted to keep excelling? I think there have been um, like relationships that I have moved away from. Yeah, um, I think when I first started training, there were a few friendships that kind of fell to the wayside because they didn't really, you know, like I said, I, I used to be like heavily involved in this whole city drinking culture um mm -hmm. so i've lost most of those friends because i just stopped seeing them because i was spending time in the gym instead of in the pub um mm -hmm. and those friendships were really just about like who is my drinking body yeah, yeah. and so like there wasn't any kind of like fallout or animosity i just literally stopped being interested in them and they stopped being interested in me because we are doing different things. Um, yeah. And then I think not, other than that, I don't think, you know, I've got some like really good friends that aren't into lifting at all, but they have like a similar level of drive for something else. Mm. I don't think you necessarily need to be involved in the same thing. You just need to have, an understanding of what it's like to to have a passion yeah 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 we talk about that as well it's just hanging out with people like uh we mentioned it like some podcasts back as well it's like our group of friends who do jiu-jitsu are so different and i live with two other people who i've met through jiu-jitsu you know one's turkish one's english there's me um, one's doing a phd one does something in IT, which nobody can still understand. <laughs> Man, I, know, I know you're going to hear that. And then, uh, and then, yeah, then there's me who's a trainer. You know, we're all yeah. from different backgrounds, but there's this thing that we do, which, um, which kind of binds us together. But it's not even so. There's that community thing, but then there's like, uh, uh, the thing is, is also is like the values that you have as people. Yeah. So like we're all different people as well, but it's the values that you have and you can align with those values. And it doesn't matter if you've got like broadly different things that you're interested in, but because you've got those values, you can get along. And so it's like, yeah. you have those people, you have those values, um, you align yourself with those kinds of values and then, yeah, then everything's kind of, it's fine. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't that. have to be like the same. <clears throat> the same it's just more of a, 
like a characteristic. Mm. That's it. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You've all got, you've all got skill in the game, right? You've all got kind of like, like war wounds almost. Like you're just sitting down after a long day, and you're just like, oh, I'm super yeah. tired. It's like, what have you been yeah. doing? Oh, well, I've been, I've been lifting a barbell. What have you been doing? Oh, I've been, I've been training a client. Or like, it doesn't matter what mm. it is. So I've been coding, yeah. or I've been, I've been doing something that just you're willing to just bleed for, right? That's that's. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. That's super important. Yeah, yeah. Sets, sets, sets people apart, right? I think, I think mm -hmm. this, this is why the subtext behind like why you've kept and why you've lost particular friends sometimes is because some people are just, just not, they're just not on that wavelength. And then, or maybe they are, but in something that's totally different. I remember going to the gym once on a Sunday morning, my mates waving to me and we'd be like, oh, hi, how you doing? And uh, they were like, oh, where are you going? I was like, oh, I'm just going to the gym. He was like, where are you guys going? Oh, we're just going go home from a night out. It's like, oh shit, like that's, that's when we're, 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 we're both out, but it's like yeah. totally different. Sunday morning, like 7 a.m. It's like, yeah. I'm, I'm going to the gym, you're going like home to sleep. So yeah, completely, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Totally but it really, is a, it really is a kind of um, like personality difference because like, I remember when I was at a commercial gym, even the gym staff would be like, oh, were you here yesterday? Or like, oh, oh you're you know, you're doing squats again like even though they were that like, they actually worked in the gym yeah it's like yeah we want to see you back <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. what it should be yeah like it's not it's not the thing that you're involved in it's how much passion you have for it yeah um, you know because they they worked in the gym but they still didn't have the kind of level of enthusiasm that i mm. for it yeah and it just just shows it doesn't even it doesn't even need to be a lifelong pursuit it just needs to be okay i found it i'm staying with it now i found it now now i'm showing you my real character my real character even though i've been yeah. doing this for for a year you will see me every day doing this yeah. for the rest of my years like that, that, that yeah. that's something that's that's a banker right like kind of whereas somebody else you'd be like oh yeah i wear the t-shirt that says personal trainer but i'm, I'm really only training at weekends i just train biceps and it's like yeah. mm, cool cool bro like, yeah. no one cares yeah. bro, bro life the bro yeah, yeah. But I think you can see the difference with personal trainers as well. Like that comes across whether they are someone that does it because they love it or because they thought, well, what else am I going to do? I might as well do this. Like, yeah. The, 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 really litmus, the litmus test is stand in, stand in front of Grace and tell her about your workout. And then if you, if you, if you can get through the whole thing and like not shit yourself and not, not feel super embarrassed, <laughs> then, you can, then, you can, then you can talk. But if yeah. you can't, then get your ass to the gym right now yeah. <laughs> if, you're, if you're a PT yeah. I'll uh, I'll see myself out then <laughs> <laughs> you train you know you train <laughs> oh, man. you see that like, you see people that just kind of make the, make the industry like such a weird place and so like, you, mm. you need to figure it out because this, this is this is not working yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a young industry man it's going through some serious growing pains as well I think and then um is there's something I'm curious about as well. So I like, uh, I work in, so a lot of my forte over the last four years has been um, injury rehab, right? Yeah. You don't seem like you've been plagued by injury at all. And if, no. if you've only been more trading sessions. So it's like, uh, that to me is like, yes, this is, this is amazing. Somebody who trains smart. That's what it sounds yeah. like. And yeah. I just see if somebody's going on an endeavor, they just brutalize themselves, right? And then they're gonna break down. The knee hurts, their back hurts, whatever it is. And then they, and then they just uh, they have to stop, start, stop, start, stop, start. They're not bothering to see someone. 
and they get caught up in this horrible loop and then they just kind of give up on it. But you've managed to, it sounds like you, it looks like you've managed to avoid that. Like what is it about your routine or what have you made sure that you, you stay away from injury or if you do get it, you manage it properly? Yeah. So I had, I did have a brush with injury before Western Euros. Um, mm. so about four weeks out of Western Euros, um, I did something to my SI joint. Mm. Um, and that was because I was training like an idiot. So yeah. it's like, it was entirely my fault. And I, um, went to have a session, um, at Crayford away from Bethnal Green and got like encouraged to go for a PB when it was not in my program, which is just, I don't know why I did it. I shouldn't have done it. I haven't done it before, <laughs> but I did it. Um, and at the bottom of a squat, I felt something just like snap in that area. Yeah. Um, like I, fi I finished the squat, I came back up, but then I just like collapsed on the floor and I was like, oh my God. Um, mm -hmm. The next day I couldn't walk. I got out of bed and I literally couldn't stand up straight. And I was like, oh my God, I got my first international in four weeks. And I've just like fucked myself basically. Like what have I done? Um, so... Anyway, I went to see um, like my sports massage guy. Um, I, a friend brought me like a massage chair. I did like a lot of stretching. Um, spent like half the day in like a fetal position on the sofa because you know, with your SI, the only way that you can relieve the pain is to kind of round your back. Yeah, like, depends. It depends on what injury you got. Yeah, so that was yeah so that's what you to, do to relieve it yeah um so like bringing my knees into my chest but but yeah i mean that's the lesson isn't it i went off program and i injured myself like first, straight from the way yeah straight from the way yeah <laughs> <laughs> doing what other people have encouraged me to do not doing what i know is best um yeah, okay. yeah and i think that that is the lesson like stick to a program find a good coach um stick to the program be patient yeah. um you know there's going to be a lot of your training blocks are going to be boring if mm. what you enjoy is sort of like posting big lifts on instagram a lot of it is going to be like boring volume work <laughs> yeah that, that, that just what, post my 10 sets what's that <laughs> you just post my 10 sets yeah, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no do that for half an hour yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah but it, that's that's what training is like most of the time um that's what makes you stronger that's what kind of drills good form into your head um that is where the progress is and mm -hmm. that is why it's so important to do it for the process and not for like the highlight reel because yeah. most of the time it's going to be you on your own in the gym doing hours of what if you don't love it, it seems like boring work yeah um exactly like, like you're taking back to g i know i know exactly what g's thinking he's mm. thinking that he's thinking that say we have this video that we watch that gets us like super hyped up I'll, yeah got to, i gotta send you it grace right and yeah, uh it's, it's just about this guy in the gym and he's like he's like doing he's running hurdles and he starts off the he starts off the video and he's like warming his hips up and he's doing some kind of like uh 
gate cycle movements to open his hips and then kind of go the other way and then he eventually starts to clear a hurdle by stepping over it and then he starts running over it and it's the same as what you're talking about in your own field like yeah starting off with the empty bar and then just loading it and going through it and then he's the, the guy who's over who's voicing over the uh the videos is just talking about like being in love with the process being mm. in love with like kind of you people like just want to score and be like be like in the limelight it's not about that it's about kind of loving the process it's about being being you literally he says like be you gotta get you're in love with the process you gotta you gotta kind yeah. of uh it's, it's gotta excite you right and that's 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 yeah. where all the work that's where the real work gets done yeah yeah just talking about it is uh it's, it's firing me up because <laughs> i'm that's another one now that's like two minutes i know that speech now i know it so <laughs> you have to watch the video i just have to start going on a run and just saying it in my head Bruh. Yeah, it's, it's dangerous, man. It's dangerous. You can't, you can't, you can't put that on. Well, Grace is gonna go trade after this. So I'm gonna trade after it. Yeah, we're getting you g'd up. And just, just, yeah. yeah. Go oh, get I'm it. Go it. get yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. right. For me, the biggest pump is like the last two minutes of that video, where yeah. uh, where he's where he starts talking about the process and mm. uh, yeah. it's getting me jacked. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna trade off this as well. Yeah, you have to get in. You have to get in. I've traded already. I trade this morning. I trade twice, two sessions this morning. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna do something this evening. This evening, I, I've got a meal with my family after this. But then after yeah. that, I'll get out and do. I have to do something because I, because I, I can't go sleep knowing that you two have both trained and I haven't. I, I, I haven't got something in after this. It's not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Just go back to what you're saying. You just, you know, sticking to the program, making those incremental gains means you're training smart. Means you're avoiding injury. And then the yeah. one time you do get something where you're like, oh shit, this is gonna throw me off, is because you strayed straight from the way, and then you yeah. just pull yourself back in, and everything's been good since then. Yeah. Yeah. Just about being sensible. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, especially with something like powerlifting, having a good coach is really important. Um, yeah. You know, because you need, I don't know, maybe you could research it yourself and find out how to peak properly for a competition. But, you know, it's it's the weight that you're unprepared for that will injure you. Mm. Um, and you really need to know, like, how to prepare your body to perform on a particular day. Um, yeah. who, who is your coach, Chris? Callum Barney. So CJB Strong. Nice. Nice. That's um, and how long have you been with him? Since December. Brilliant, brilliant. Um, so I was looking for a new coach to go into the British. So my previous coach is, you know, Martin at Bethnal Green. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember Martin? Yeah. So like, really lovely guy. Um, I just I quite like to learn new things from different people. Um. So Martin really helped me like make a lot of progress in powerlifting. Like Bethnal Green was the well, it's the only um, powerlifting gym that I've ever been a member of. Um, so he was my coach for about eighteen months, and then I kind of started plateauing. And I thought, you know, maybe I can learn something else from someone who has a different approach. Um, and the programming is is quite different um, mm. now. Like it's working really well for me. Nice. That's awesome. That's awesome. I remember, yeah. I remember being at the the, yeah, the environment at Bethnal Green. That's something that we, I'd love to talk about because it's it's. So we we chatted about it a little bit off air, but it's just, yeah. it's just a wild wild place, and I love it. I absolutely love that place. It's, oh, it's awesome. There's nowhere else like Bethnal Green. No, I love it. no, no. It's, it's so it's so weird and hidden, isn't it? It's like you got all these like yeah. 
fruit market stalls and like random TV sales shops, and then around the back, you just you just you can just hear it when you. I remember yeah. the first time I walked up, and you can just hear like the clunk clunk of a barbell getting dropped on the floor, and like somebody oh, loading yeah. a plate, and like you can just hear like the, someone laughing or whatever. And you walk in, you can mm-hmm. smell like you just smell like work that's what you can smell it's not like a smell but it's just like people have been at work in this place right and then yeah, yeah you just you just see all that you see all the abundance of bars and abundance of plates and obviously the equipment's all like it's all authentic like it's not calling it old or calling it worn out is, is a disservice it's completely authentic to the work yeah. and uh, yeah. obviously you see the people and they're just they're just exactly the same um and i, I remember that's where i remember seeing you i'm, I'm sure I'm, I'm sure i remember seeing you there once at least once and you um yeah yeah yeah, 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 we talked about it. like kind of I wasn't the weightlifting side, and I only went there kind of intermittently before b- b- around work because at the time I was like fully, fully engrossed in what I was doing. Um, yeah, being a PT, coincidentally, uh, but yeah. not actually, not actually training, which was just like, which is the worst. <laughs> uh, training people, but then like training myself to an extent, but also looking mm-hmm. to looking for that thing that I felt right, and I think that that's a lot of what you spoke about today. And uh, but yeah. yeah, that place, that place, if any, if any place has ever felt right as a gym, that place feels right. Yeah, it's, you can't really describe it. It's, it's so funny, though. The things that you just described are, like, the exact same things that I that are sort of, like, conjured up in my head when I think of it. So I actually went there, like, two or three weeks ago. Oh, I'm jealous. Yeah, so <laughs> me and a friend went to buy coffee from one of the coffee shops near there. And there's, like, a little, it's really hard to park around that area, but you can park near the gym. So we were like, let's just park there. Um, and then we saw Martin's car outside the gym. I was like, oh, my God, it's Martin's car. So we knocked on the door and he was just like, who is it? Not coming. <laughs> like, no, we're not coming in. It's all right. Like, <laughs> we stayed at the door and said hello. But I was like, oh, this place, like the smell and just like, yeah, when you're sort of like walking up towards it after work and you can hear the weights clanging and it sort of like really gets you into that zone. Like, oh, I'm here. Like. You know, all the tiny little bits of the the process leading up to your your training session. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then, like 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 GG, you were talking about it earlier. Like when you start to distill away some of the other people that don't quite fit, then you end up in this one place where everybody is about it, and it's like that's that place. Like, everybody in there is in there. Otherwise, they just don't last. And like sadly enough, I couldn't last that place because it was like I was I was moving between work, and then that was when I I transferred from working in Shoreditch to working in Mayfair, and uh, mm. the trek was just too difficult in between or i could have made it but it was just with work being super crazy but when you're there you're just surrounded by people that clearly <laughs> want to be there that invest time there that all everybody wants to see everybody do well in that place and uh yeah, yeah it's just it's a really nice place really really cool place yeah. you gotta at some point you gotta check it out you because it's, it's yeah yeah you, you have to you, you'll get it you'll get it for sure that's how i get my left up yeah man yeah super inspiring man yeah, yeah. It, it really is i think last year i think they had eight lifters from bethnal green at worlds wow wow do you know who i remember from there? i can't, can't remember any of their names but mm. yeah i remember a lot of them kind of talking about it while i was there and just kind of just you get chatting to gym and this is the thing is like gym culture people think that they know what gym culture is because they train at fitness first it's like you haven't got a clue no idea you haven't got <laughs> a clue you haven't got a clue about like working in you haven't got a clue about here's give you give me a spot you haven't got a clue about like just just the camaraderie around and then like just the genuineness like there's there's no there is no dickheads in that gym there's no like ego lifters in that gym because it just can't exist it can't happen because there is a process there is not just 
what you're not just there to be a poser you know what i mean like i feel I feel super blessed to have ever been like able to train in that kind of a gym or even just kind of recognize it you know you kind of like without without wanting to be allowed just to go to any old gym and feel oh this is cool like I'm, I'm not anybody who can just go to a hotel gym or whatever but when you go to that place you realize that this is just a different beast it's totally mm. totally totally different yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's a special place it really is mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah yeah. Uh, there's, there's not many there's not many places you'll ever come to like that and then you come across it just like wow this kind of places actually exist like where where you can just kind of be uh super basic and then like, you go to the changing rooms and the changing rooms are just just a bench <laughs> like just a bench and, and lucky <laughs> lucky if you get a toilet that locks but then you just, yeah. i'm not really here for this i'm just i'm just here for like yeah for the barbells the plates and, and all the advice that's yeah, super cool yeah like there's nowhere mm -hmm. better. I know there um there was a gym near my office that was like three times the price of the membership of bethnal green and it just doesn't even scratch the surface of bethnal mm -hmm. like those um, no, no. You hear, you hear about it in like old, old, old wrestling terms, G. When it's like you couldn't lace the boots of this guy. You could like you, people. You, you yeah. just can't. You can't even like. Yeah. You ain't got. You ain't got a chance. No, that's such a mm -hmm. such a sick place. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know who. Uh, it's who started it or like what the history behind it is, but it just seems super authentic. Yeah, so I know it started in 1926. Wow. It wow. says that on our t-shirts. Um, wow. I don't. Yeah, I don't really know. Um, like who started it? Oh, I'll, I'll find out though. I'll let you know. Yeah. Do so, do so. <laughs> but there's well, some nice. people that have been there for so long. Like I know um, Ernie Parks is still breaking, like he's well into his 70s and he's still breaking like Masters world record. World record. Um, and I know like he's one of like the OGs, like <laughs> from, obviously not from 1926, but I think <laughs> you know, he's been there literally his whole life. And I think yeah. there's a few of like the older boys that train during the day um that are like that as well brilliant but, yeah it's a long time yeah super cool such an establishment yeah yeah mm. that's it that's, that's kind of almost the legacy you're gonna you're gonna kind of lead on to wherever you go you'll take a bit of that dna with you and like you that's that's what you kind of you, you kind of know right that like people will look at you for instance if you rocked up to a gym with your bag with your with your wraps with your belt with with everything everyone knows oh shit this this ain't this ain't no regular human like this, this is a bit of a different. This is this is going to be a different kind of like we're we're in for something good here. You know what I mean? That that's that's the the aura you'll kind of carry because of the stuff yeah. you've done, because of the places you've been. Yeah, it's 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 yeah. What is it? G super necessary is what it is. That's <laughs> super necessary. Super necessary. <laughs> just a random quote we, we picked up from this ufc fire and both yeah. of us love it so it's just like necessary but this is like super necessary <laughs> it actually organically comes up every single podcast we'll say something yeah. we're like super necessary you're like oh shit we just said it again <laughs> so i'm gonna try and fit hellacious and super necessary into a conversation exactly and then just like as soon as it's done you just message us you're like i did it shall we mm. got a question from uh from one of our listeners oh cool um, yeah exactly this is my housemate matt so appreciate the question coming in i think uh, it was something that we wanted to cover but actually surprisingly i think this is actually a good natural um point for it to come in as well because i was going to ask you you're talking about obviously all the guys that you've been training with 
and mm. um, how everybody's like super cool. And so it's about like the two male dominated environments that you basically are succeeding in, right? So it's like, um, so the question is having achieved success in two male dominated environments, what challenges and obstacles did you face and how did you succeed despite or because of them? And how did the attitudes in these two different domains differ? Yeah. So this is a really interesting question. I like this question. Um, so I would say that despite what people might think, um, the strength training world in particular, I don't know if I've just been lucky with Bethnal Green. Um, I'm going to talk about like British powerlifting in general seems to be like a really welcoming space for women. Um, and I think that might come as a surprise to people that are not in that world because like strength sports are often perceived as like a real male dominated arena. And I think like from what I've observed though, like for example, like trouble that I've had like on social media from people kind of like mansplaining how to do things and you know you've got <laughs> yeah. sorry like you've what like you posted a lift on social media or something and then there's a dude trying to tell you how to do it yeah yeah or in like commercial gyms for example what used to happen all the time in commercial gyms but like it's never happened in in Bethel Green which is a proper strength training gym and I find that really interesting like the people that are actually in strength training, you know, I've overwhelmingly seen like a really positive and encouraging response for women in, in that arena. And, you know, people just like both men and women just wanting to see us do well and sort of like being able to appreciate female strength and, you know, no, no desire to sort of say, like, oh, you shouldn't be doing this or you should be doing it this way. But it's people that are outside of that world that have been more um problematic when it comes to that um so like i've had way more you know like in green there are people that are better lifters than me that have been doing it for longer that could definitely teach me things but they won't give unsolicited advice you know it will be me you know if it's welcome then it's welcome it's fine whereas in a commercial gym you've got the complete opposite like i will often be the best most accomplished most experienced lifter in there but I will get a ton of unwanted advice from men that assume that I don't know what I'm doing. How do you, how, how do you actually, how do you actually deal with that? Because I've got this image in my head of you just going, yeah, 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 and then racking up 165 and just like yeah. tearing it up. Basically, I just think like, you know what, like I'm just gonna let my lifting do the talking and you can be embarrassed when, and it, it, it's like, they do, they'll always come when you're kind of warming up. Mm. You don't when you've got like 60 kilos on the bar or whatever and they're like oh this woman doesn't know what she's doing let me go and and, and i don't know if it's like it's, you know, you. like i think sometimes they're like trying to chat you up and they just think like oh this is how i can get in like let me see if she wants a hand and then like after a while like no one has ever approached me when i'm squatting 140 like love it you know what i mean like <laughs> Everything but, for last few minutes. I just made, like I'm just you can see me curling up. I'm just cringing inside. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But that's like, the most I've had is like someone asking me, um, oh, what do knee sleeves do, or you know, mm. find some other reason to come and talk. Yeah, okay. Because uh, when you're racking 140, they just cancel their gym membership. They just cancel, <laughs> they just, just log in and be like, I don't need this anymore. I need to, I need to leave. 
Yeah. That's what they're doing. <laughs> I can tell yeah. someone that Nah, I can't. Yeah. I can't. <laughs> Um, but no, you get some really like in Bethnal Green, everyone is cool, and I think like there's other powerlifting gyms as well, like um, built differently is another really good one. But oh, yeah, I've heard of him. I, really, I never really got to go there much because it's quite far from my house. Um, but I like that's another environment as well where women are just like left in peace to train basically. But commercial gyms are wild, um, mm. like. You've really got to like prep yourself for it. Like, right, I'm going in there. I'm gonna get a ton of shit, and I'm just gonna like kick my head down or have some fun with it, depending on like how you're feeling on the day. Um, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. It's such a such a different environment, aren't you? Totally different. Uh, what I was just gonna say is like you think you're like yeah, you know, you're, you're gearing yourself up for a hard workout, but the hardest thing about it is the is the people around you. Yeah. It's, and it's like it's ridiculous it's yeah it, it used to get to me quite a lot sometimes mm. i used to have this thing on instagram that i called creep of the week because <laughs> <No. laughs> <laughs> i used to film my videos <laughs> um like when i was training outside mm. of bethnal green like just you know because i had no one looking over them for me like who knew what they was doing and i used to film them to see like how I was getting on yeah. and this guy like in some way in the background lurking like either like perving on me or like looking with kind of disgust like what is she doing or just like pure shock oh, wow I love it um always come on that was brilliant that is that's hilarious creep of the week <laughs> You missed that in your home gym now. <laughs> like, oh, there's no <laughs> <in> the <laughs> like some men off the streets. Uh, <laughs> feel more authentic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that slowly goes downhill. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how? Yeah. So how is uh, how is that world different to the actuarial world? Because that's another heavily male-dominated environment, right? Yeah, and actually. I would say there's another, like there's a similar situation going on in insurance where like you could kind of draw an ins a, a parallel mm. with insurance and commercial gyms mm. and okay. then the actuarial world and Bethnal Green, like wow. the actuarial world is a bit more of a meritocracy and, you know, generally like women are more respected for their qualifications and the work that they do. There are obviously, there are still problems. Um, but like it is one of the safer spaces within insurance. Mm. Um, I think like you'll find actuarial is kind of more diverse in terms of like gender and race. And then insurance is just like, it's still like an old boys club. Mm. Um, so yeah, definitely working as an underwriter. Like that was one of the things that really pushed me back into actuarial because I was like, no, like I am not going to succeed here. Um, right. To succeed in that as a woman, especially, you know, I can only speak from my own experience and I was there for two years and it could have been just the people that I came across. I don't know, but I would have had to really like lose sight of the person that I am. Um, mm. You know, like, Spend time at social events laughing at like 
really inappropriate things and be in center of attention for all the wrong reasons um just in like comments that made me feel really uncomfortable um yeah it was just it's not a good environment it's definitely a tougher environment to exist in than the world of strength sports as a woman mm. which that's so interesting and so deep mm. because like sorry were you gonna say something else yeah it might, it might be surprising to some people that it's the insurance is the worst <laughs> the worst of mm. the <laughs> Okay. No, so that, that's I, I don't think that's surprising because like two weeks in a row well two guests in a row that have said a similar thing with with yeah. uh, with Jude last time talking about how when she was working in the Ministry of Sound um, it was just like very very much like kind of a almost like a overly aggressive like um, and doesn't really need to be that way people trying to state their claim over certain things and like kind of push their masculinity forward where it's just like yeah. And because you're trying so hard with it, it almost comes across as very, very emasculine, very, very insecure. And yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. and that, that's that's same thing you're saying here, right? So it's it's yeah, it makes a lot of sense that you know I bet we see that trend across a lot of different professions. And um, yeah, well, what would you say to someone, Grace, like that? That's in that kind of headspace that you were in, and because mm. I've I've come across it working with PTs, I'm sure you have as well, G. I'm sure you've mm. got friends the same who say the same thing, G. Uh, Grace. Um, in that, if they're in that, if they're in that kind of position, same as you were, what would you do, and how would you, how would you kind of learn to recognise that and not kind of continue to accept that as, as your life? Um, I think it takes quite a lot of um, self confidence to recognise that and to resist the urge to kind of like change yourself for an easier life. Um, and I, I do feel like um, powerlifting is something that actually helped me to do that, like really helps me to kind of find my identity and to, um, I don't know, like it, it was definitely confidence boosting. It made me feel capable. It made me feel strong and empowered. Um, and it made me feel like I don't, like who, like who are these people? Do you know what I mean? Like you, you go into a gym and, and you see like, men that are clearly intimidated by your physical strength and then you on the other hand you've got men at work that kind of want to walk all over you because they think you're just a young woman and what like what do you possibly know um and then it's kind of it's kind of interesting to see like the like the difference in the, the power balance depending on whether you're in the gym or you're at work mm. and it may, it does make you question things it makes you think well like am i actually someone to just be walked all over or am I in another environment would I be like intimidating to these people mm. and, and it makes you kind of think like no I don't have to accept this I don't have to like be quiet and mm. that makes me feel uncomfortable um you know that. like it is, it is scary though because like for me I you know, I decided I'm going to move back into actuarial where I will be more respected for my qualifications and my skills than for, like, how will I go along with these shit jokes at dinner or whatever. Mm. Um, or, like, who I know. And, and who you know is always about who you get along with. And in that kind of culture, that involves, like, dropping a piece of yourself, basically. Mm. So that, that there is that risk there. Like, someone just has to be, like brave enough and comfortable enough to say 
that I'm going to take this jump. And obviously, there's no guarantee when that culture is overwhelming, there's no guarantee that the next place is going to be any better than than the last. Um, sure. But I think things have definitely changed for the better, like even in the last five years, like with the whole Me Too movement, there is a lot more space for women to say like, this is not acceptable and people actually listen. Um, so I think it's it has become a bit easier for women to say like, I'm not gonna part with this at work. That's big. That's yeah. Big. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's almost like you kind of, uh, you found your strength in powerlifting and then it let it didn't it didn't encumber you in any other thing in your life like you knew who you were you you mm. kind of saw that and then it didn't really matter what setting you could put yourself in you were like no this is who i am i know my strength yeah. and i know what i'm capable of and uh you can almost return return to that and almost like go and chase that with with your career go and chase that with your friendship circle and uh yeah. it just helps helps you kind of stay centered right yeah it does yeah 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 i love it love it how it does that but I, I guess that doesn't really matter it's just the fact that it does <laughs> yeah, yeah for sure for sure i think it's just one of my clients said it out said it to me once uh we were shooting a video testimonial and i remember it uh i think i cited it last podcast it was uh lee and she was talking mm. about how if you do like one rep of a certain weight that you potentially didn't think you could do it's it's like a it's like an achievement right so like that rep is yeah. an achievement and then you you come off of it and you do some like you would do some volume work um, in the, across this body part, across that body part, and say you end up with three sets of ten and three sets of twelve. It's like all of those reps are little achievements, and that you've you've left that place of, of achievement of the, 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 the gym, having racked up all of these wins, having racked up all of these like self actualizations. I, I don't know, I don't know if I can do this. Oh no, I actually can do this. I can do it thirty times. I can do it sixty times. I can do it seventy, eighty, hundred times. And it's mm -hmm. like oh well. I've, I now I can stand like this rather than kind of standing like this. You know, what yeah. I mean? it's like now all of a sudden that joke, that joke that pissed you off is now like actually sorry I don't like that because yeah. I'm com confident in kind of being me now. Like because because you've, yeah. you've almost built yourself up in the gym, and then you can take that new version of yourself like into any setting and just be like, yeah, yeah. I got this. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Love it, love it. Yeah, that's what it yeah. does. And like um, one of the things is like I think you you. Um, I don't know if you said it earlier, but I know a little bit as well where you said you've like had to what extent do you suffer from anxiety and how mm. and how do you how do you control it? How do you manage it? Yeah, so I think um like I try to use it as like a, a positive force rather than mm. you know, so it feeds into quite a lot of things. Like I'm also a perfectionist, which is quite mm. common for people that suffer from anxiety. Um yeah. But like this is one of the reasons that I have only missed like four or five sessions in three years because I'm a perfectionist and I like have to do things that I've said that I'm going to do and I have to be like productive and busy and you know fill my time with something useful. So I think it's just for me it's been a question of like managing things. Um, also has been like quite a struggle like I've had quite a few competitions where I haven't slept a wink before because I've been so anxious and nervous um and sometimes it does get into my head like with the missing opening squats kind of thing like it can really get into my head but then at other times like I it's almost like I can feel when it's like 
positive energy versus um, anxious energy. Mm. You know, at other times I can feel like I'm actually like full of adrenaline, which is a type of nervousness, mm. but it's gonna it's gonna work like in my favor rather than against me. Mm. And I'm not quite sure. I think the difference in that is like the mindset that I'm in prior to the lift. Like if it's a positive mindset or a negative one, and if it's positive, it will come through as like excitement, um, and if it's negative, it will come through as as anxiety. So you have a process to switch from negative to positive mindset. No, I actually mm. don't. I think that's something that I need to think about um, because mm. it's a time when I can be quite swayed by external factors. Um, but it's more about the people that I let into my like close immediate space. You know, mm. it can't be like just random people. Yeah. It will be like people that are close to me. Mm. Um, so who I keep around me on like a competition day is quite important. Mm. Like that. There's, there's a there's a UFC fighter called uh, Justin Gaethje, and he, yeah. he was on a podcast with uh, the Joe Rogan Experience. And um, he was talking about how he has, when he's fighting, he has five songs, I think it was five or seven songs, constantly playing in his head. And it's, like, it's almost like when he feels that nervous energy or that that um, fight or flight kind of response almost kicking in, rather than kind of, he, he needs to be in the moment, right? So he'll have a song which kind of slows him down and kind of like brings him back to center. But then he'll, when he needs, when he knows he's kind of, uh, he's on a bit of a roll when he wants to kind of chase the opponent down and kind of corner him off and, and be that beat kind of in, the, in, in his face, uh, he'll have another song which is kind of like fast paced and kind of like okay let's get yeah. let's get about it and uh, yeah. i love that when i heard that i was yeah. like yeah that's 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 very similar to how i work like my my spotify is the most random place in the world and mm. um it's it's just like it's 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 totally not linked but it definitely is there for to serve a purpose and you'll have you have the song that kind of slows you down and like you're warming up you're stretching you're mobilizing you're breathing and then you have the song which is like okay this is this is top set and this this needs to get done so let's let's get it yeah. done i mean like there's there's, um, there's a brick wall i'm running through it end of like that's yeah. uh yeah I, I, I think that that's process wise definitely does mm -hmm. it for me he's having 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 songs or having kind of uh like that i've sent you that video by the way you got to watch it oh, having okay. that, yeah having that having that video um just kind of on hand even if it's just in here it definitely mm -hmm. does the trick yeah i think so for sure, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's, I've got uh, like a similar thing like on my playlist. Like yeah. there are songs where I know like I need to switch on, so I'm gonna like put this on and share some, share some. Go on. I will So actually my favorite yeah. at the moment is and I'm like plugging my friend here as well. It's called yeah. Souls. Oh, um, oh Mr. It's called Bruised Souls. Bruised Souls. Yeah. All right. Um I'll yeah. post it on my Instagram story as well. Nice. Um, yeah, wicked. All right. Okay. And is that is that for like top set? Is that for pre? Is that for yeah? It's for anything really, like top set or mm. like top volume or anything that I need to like really get Dang. into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Love it. Who's Love it? it. Yeah. yeah. Masbo Q, which Masbo is M A Z B O U and then a Q. Okay. Wicked, yeah music definitely has that 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 effect so many different random uh, random tunes you can get into but yeah like you said i, I like how you said like right now because it changes yeah, like kind yeah, of yeah. 
listen back to like your playlist from like four or five years ago or when you were like when you first started lifting i love i love i love doing that when like spotify makes it for you and you're just like wow yeah, <laughs> yeah. oh that's bruised souls s-o-l-e-s i was looking at s-o-u-l-e-s as in bruised souls s-o-l-e-s bruised 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 souls. yeah yeah yeah, yeah, bruised souls. When I was typing in souls, I was looking up yeah. S O U L S. Right, yeah. okay. <laughs> but as in yeah. shoe soul. That's what yeah, it was. Yeah. S O L E S. Yeah, yeah found I, it. I really love it as well because, like, I turned 30 last year and he wrote it because, like, he was turning 30 and it's about, like, right. the little journey that you have to take to get to this point yeah, in life. Cool. It's not, yeah, it's really nice. Yeah, wicked. Mm. Music, for sure. Yeah, man. Music yeah, has that power. Definitely yeah. use that. Yeah. I was like, um, yeah. I don't know about you. So, like, uh, I like that story from Justin Gaethje. Because like, I've said mm. it before as well. The thing that I've started doing and is like, a, in I'm telling clients to do it as well when they've got a moment where it's like they're not bothered or they're not feeling it. They're, too, it's, they're not in the headspace for doing something difficult. I'm like, no, pick a mantra, pick something that helps you get into the right headspace, which will make you, um, make you just do the thing and then when you start to do the thing that kind of compounds on itself as well like you know i've said it my word is strong so when i think of that word i'm like i have to fucking do something now <laughs> i have to yeah. take it to the next level or i have to continue with the training or if it feels like it's difficult um i've just got to plow through and then yeah, yeah told that told that to clients recently as well and they're like actually yeah, i'm having a tough time doing this exercise because it's just like oh you know what it's easier to not do it i could be doing something else but I know that if I do this and then like, you know, coming up with all the reasons that are good reasons to do this particular thing, um, yeah. they've, they've like G themselves up to do that thing. And then they've chosen like their own mantra and uh, whether it's one word or whether it's a phrase and it's like, it's actually yeah. starting to work. So I'm like, yeah, wicked. So yeah. That's, uh, that's another thing, which is pretty, which is pretty powerful yeah. as well. I like to think of um, doing something that future grace will thank me for. That's exactly what were we talking about that last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I always say, I'm like, yeah, this is, yeah. That's awesome. That. That's amazing. Yeah, exactly. We were exactly talking about that last week as well, which was if, um, you know, if you're feeling like, you know, you just want to stay in bed all day or you're, you know, you're not in the mood to be productive, then if you just ask yourself that question, would future me thank me for this? And you're like, you know what, I better get up and do my thing. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's great. That's amazing that you mentioned it as well because we were just talking about that last week. Yeah, I think it's really helpful. Um, yeah. Too right, too right. It's just, I'll just sort of kind of a closing thought for me, right? But mm. I think I think there's so many people out there who would benefit from hearing your story and your like your take on this because just from like going back to school days, like secondary school is probably like probably more applicable than primary, right? But like secondary yeah. school, college, uni um that that message especially for like females growing coming up thinking about being super super self-conscious body conscious not really too um understanding of all the of the options out there or even the fact that you can take it your way and you can you can be super happy with it you can you can really fall in love with the process i think yeah. that's such a powerful message such a powerful yeah. message there. so i think there's, there's a lot of people out there who would, who would really benefit from uh, from hearing from you race really inspiring yeah. 100%. Thanks. I do want more women to realise it. That mm. I think, like for me, like powerlifting is a it's a bit of a rebellion. Like my own mm. little rebellion, you know. Like 
there's so many things that we're told as women we're told like this is how your body should look and this is what you should do with it and these things are for you and these things are not for you and I think to just say that well I'm going to do this because I like it and I don't care like how it makes me look and I don't care whether men are intimidated by it I just like it is like like I didn't just like it's um it's quite a brave thing to do and i didn't realize that at the time yeah. Um, so yeah and i wonder i think there's loads of women that would like to feel strong and give strength training a go but i think there's mm. a lot of them that are also intimidated and i just mm. wish that they weren't because it's really great and empowering yeah. And it's and you know what and it's like it's like the other the other side of that is like it's actually okay if you are just step in and start because then that intimidation factor just pretty much immediately just goes away. It's like, oh, I can do this. Forget about everyone else. I think yeah. that's so important. And yeah. um, and that's yeah, I love that. Uh, so there's I had a thought around that. It's forgot. It's left me. I'll come back in a second. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That is. And I think, I think just just kind of uh, this is just a thought that's kind of materialized in my head. But having having almost like a a, men, a, a big sister mentor, you know, he's kind of like big hear, hear about it in like US kind of stuff where it's like oh you have a, a big sister or a big brother that kind of mentors you through, and and you you don't really like kind of, you don't really know them as as a, as a person. But having somebody come from a position where where you're taking a complete left turn to the rest of society, that's so powerful. Yeah. That's so powerful because mm-hmm. like having that variance and having that that spectrum where it's like or oh, everybody else is over here but grace is like mm, i'll be over here cool see you later yeah. that's yeah uh, i think that and that's really really important to have that that difference yeah 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 for sure yeah nice yeah. nice i think that thought has come back <laughs> oh, yeah because <laughs> yeah. basically it's like you know you, you've been doing this thing and so it's almost like um you, you can just you like because you're doing the thing that which resonates with you you mm-hmm. will automatically like it's like raising your frequency and then you will start to attract people in a higher higher resonance as well so you will end up surrounding yourself with higher quality people so that's the other yeah. thing is like if there's something that somebody wants to do but there's that intimidation factor just remember the other areas of your life that it can impact and how it can make you feel and how good it can make you at everything yeah. else that you do yeah because i think you need to unpack why it is that you're scared to do something and often yeah it's because other people have cast doubt over it it's not because you are actually like you know what are you scared of i'm scared that people will think this or i'm scared that you know if i fail people will say that because you know it's it's always about other people's expectations most of the time yeah yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of programming behind that right it's like just yeah. you just get programmed to kind of believe that and then it's like what you said if you ask why enough times you're gonna actually realize that that's all that's all your own bullshit and you can supersede that you can go beyond that and yeah um, start start living your best life yo yeah exactly <laughs> love it what we're trying to do yeah, exactly <laughs> and i love the name like we didn't get into them too much but another strong woman yeah that's, yeah uh, i thought like ASW. yeah because you told me about the story of your name like <laughs> yeah. brown bro and then you've got like a theme <laughs> brown and i was like okay yeah. it's obviously like identity related names so it's not yeah. like woman or female or something um and then i was like well you had a woman on before so 
don't know. Oh, so you're the, another strong woman. I like it. That's yeah. what you're thinking. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Like I, love that. I love that. So. Yeah. You know. No, select, yeah. Go on, Jigon. No, no. Go ahead, bro. It's like a. It's kind of like a calling to women out there, being like, "Is there another strong woman out there?" Like to, to, yeah. to kind of call on your own self to be like, yeah. "Okay, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm here representing. Like, can you come stand with me and like do the same thing?" Like, obviously, yeah. Jude, Jude from from two weeks ago definitely doing it in her own way, and. Mm. Uh, here we got you doing the same thing so yeah big exactly. inspirations exactly and and that's another thing is like you can always work towards that level so if you don't feel like you're strong in whatever capacity that it is you just start on the process you get stronger and stronger and stronger and you don't know don't know how far you can go with that so exactly just start if you don't feel yeah. like you're in that wavelength just start you'll pull yourself up yeah yeah like everyone starts somewhere i think that's that's what people don't realize like um, yeah and you can apply that to any area of life as well yeah perfect all right that's great that was uh grace that was awesome to have you that was some truly inspirational stuff thanks it was great to be here thank you yeah that was uh <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I feel like uh, there's there's other things that we could also talk about as well. You know, there's like there's still yeah, there's areas that. of your life that we could delve into. There's loads, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> make it like a therapy session. Like, why did yeah. you like yeah. a lot to unpack? But <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's funny as well because that's what we came out with our our last podcast. Me and Umar afterwards was like that felt like a therapy session. And yeah. then after, previously with Jude as well. That went on for yeah. over, that went on for three hours, and she was like, "That was oh, like a therapy wow. session." Yeah. <laughs> why did you do this and you start thinking like oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly but yeah. uh, but that's awesome thank you so much for doing this uh we loved it it's so insightful and um yeah any parting thoughts oh um i am just gonna say as my parting thoughts like if there are any women that are scared to do something just do it anyway that's gonna be my Parting thought. Let's leave it at that. That's power. Yeah. yeah. Def <laughs> definitely gonna have you back on, Grace. Definitely gonna have you back on. Oh, thank you. It's been fun. I'm like now. It's a good Sunday afternoon chat. Hell, hell yeah. Go get it. Yeah. Go get it. It always jacks us up for the rest of the week. All right, peeps. Thank you for <laughs> tuning in. Uh Grace, how can people find you? Oh, you can find me on Instagram. It's Grace versus Gravity. But it's just I love a that handle. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Great handle. When I thought of that, I was like, I wish I could think of a handle like that. It's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right. Grace versus gravity. All right, folks. Thank you for tuning in. Um, great conversation. Loved it. Pumped for the rest of the week, let alone the day. All right, folks. Yeah. Till next time. Take care.